name is Chris Bell, and I'm running for a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. The reason I'm running is simple. I've been a member of ACB for over 40 years and have done a lot of advocacy work. And I want to make sure that the work that I have done and that others have done can continue after older members like myself are gone. And therefore, I have proposed that ACB create an academy to train younger members in the subject areas which are so critical for ACB to lead in the future. I ask for your vote. Thank you. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife, Carrie, and my son, David. We've done a lot in this organization, and our future is very bright. However, we have a number of significant challenges that we're going to need to undertake in this organization to achieve our three to five year strategic plan. Partnering together, we can greatly achieve success for everyone. I would appreciate your vote at this year's annual convention. Thank you. I am Donna Brown, and I am seeking a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. I want to work to bridge the gap between the ACB national leadership and our state and special interest affiliates. Working to create a mentoring program to develop new leaders is important to me, as well as creating programs to introduce ACB to blind and visually impaired youth. I hope I can count on your vote in July. Hello, my name is Ray Campbell, and I'm seeking the office of Second Vice President of the American Council of the Blind. Together, we have embraced and met the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, and I look forward to serving you over the next two years as we move forward together. Hello, my name is Denise Colley, and I'm seeking my second term for the office of ACP Secretary. I currently serve as co-chair of the ACP Scholarship Committee, and I've also served as chair of the ACP Board of Publications and on the ACP Board of Directors. In these capacities, I've had the opportunity to oversee all the ways in which ACP communicates, both internally and externally. I believe that the ways in which ACP communicates with our members plays a crucial part in what keeps this vital organization going, and I want to work to ensure those lines of communication are stronger and more transparent. I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Hi, I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a dedicated, hardworking volunteer with low vision. Roles as editor, vice president, and president of NDAB, and as director and first vice president of CCLVI has prepared me for leadership in ACB. Please vote for me to remain on the BOP. Hello, ACB. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. After serving you for five years on the Board of Publications, I am now hoping to serve you as your first vice president. No matter who you vote for, I hope you vote. And we'll see you at the convention. Hi, ACB. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm running for a second term on the Board of Directors. I promise to continue to model leadership qualities, mentor leadership in others, and advocate effectively at the national, state, and local levels. I'd very much appreciate your vote. 
Hi, I'm Penny Reader, and I'm popping in to ask you to vote for me. I am running for my second term on the Board of Publications. I think we've made some good progress in making ACB communications excellent in so many different ways because communications with ACB and the general public as well are very important. Please vote for me for the Board of Publications. I'm looking forward to serving you again. Thank you. Hey, Mark Reichert here, First Vice President of ACB, so of course I'd love your vote this summer. But the most important thing is that you do it, because it's only when you vote that ACB wins. So come on, baby, vote. Come to convention. Vote. You can do it. Hello, I'm Kenneth Simeon Sr., immediate past president of ACB of Texas. I am seeking a position on the ACB Board of Directors this year. I care about ACB, our membership, and the future of ACB. If elected, I will be sure to work with other ACB leaders to ensure that we continue to move forward. I would really appreciate your vote. Always remember, together we win. Hi, I'm Connie Sims from South Dakota. I am president of the STAB Association. I am a J.P. Morgan Chase recipient in 2020. I am running for a board position. I believe that equity, diversity, and inclusion, that is really huge I have been on the voting task force. I am from a rural state. Everything that we do in the rural is totally different than the city or the metropolitan areas. I have low vision. We're a very diverse group. We use our tools differently. Hi, I'm Connie Sims. Hello, my name is Dan Spoon, and I live in Orlando, Florida with my lovely wife, Leslie. And we have been honored to be the president of the American Council of the Blind for the last two years under really unprecedented circumstances. And we look forward to continuing the momentum and moving forward over the next two years. Thank you for your support. And I would look forward to your vote in the upcoming election. Together, we can continue to grow our ACB family. Thank you. Hello to my ACB family. This is David Trot Treasurer. I am asking your support for my re-election. Please put me on the team that's working for a brighter future for ACB. I look forward to meeting you all at the Candidates Forum. Friendly, fair, foraging. Everyone has a story to tell. It's the very reason why we rise each day ready to face the next day's challenge that comes. Whether advocating, striving to advance disability rights, or finding new ways to forge forward in the ever-growing communities that we live in. I am Cache Wells, and these are the reasons why I pursue a seat on the Board of Publications, where my passion and purpose is to engage, educate, and empower others to get involved with ACB. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the <laughs> Candidates Forum Part 2, GDUI and BPI. Uh, President Gabriel lopez Cafati. Hi, I was, I was unmuting. Welcome, everyone. Um, thank you for doing this, and thank you for uh, joining us in another <laughs> Candidates Forum, hopefully shorter. <laughs> no, just kidding. We... We all know how much we love our organization and we do this as a way of moving our ACB parent organization forward. And um, we, uh, special interest affiliates, um, definitely make up a 
big, big part of ACB and we uh, bring diversity. So we have a lot of questions and a lot of uh, interest in knowing what our candidates stand for and what they uh, propose. And uh, we're very confident that everyone here is, is just going to make our organization greater. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for your participation and um, just good luck to you and to ACB and to all of us. Awesome. Sarah Calhoun. Oh, thank you. And uh, yes, Gabriel said it very well. And we welcome all of the candidates to the candidate forum and we wish you all good luck and it is a great privilege of, of guide dog users incorporated to uh be a, a joint host with blind pride international um we did this uh, last year and it was a great success great great organization to work with and uh it's turning out to be another successful event for this year so um Thank you all, and I look forward in getting to know everybody uh, better during this forum. Thank you. Awesome. So one Thank of you, our Sarah. yes, <laughs> one of our Absolutely. candidates. Oh, a pleasure. Can you guys hear me? Am Thank I you. muted? You're just, yes. No, yes, Gabe no, no, and I no, are just no. talking. I was just. Oh, okay. We were just talking over you. One of our candidates. We were having a GDUI BPI romance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right now, go on don't go get on. the catholic school rule out folks no i'm kidding um <laughs> one of our candidates actually worked on the voting task force so she is going to take a couple of minutes just to tell us how voting is going to work this year uh, connie sims thanks anthony um yes the task force is excited that we are able to vote this year and we are sending out um, unique voter codes and some of them have already been sent out. So if you do not have an email, um, the codes have been sent out in large print and braille on June 20th, they will have the second batch sent out. Everyone who has an email, this is a great big day that we wanna watch our emails is July 6th. So, in July 6th, you'll receive your email with unique voter ID code, and you need to use that all week long for voting. So keep that close at hand. Um, if you do lose it, um, you will be able to call the Minneapolis office. With that said, um, we have found a system voting, um, Vote Now is going to be our voting process um, area that we can do our voting. So you have the option of using telephone, which is toll free, and that will have two options. It will have um, automated system, and you will also have a voice or person able to help you. If you call in by phone, you will have to give your voter ID code to them. And if you use the automated system, they promise us that you will not get cut off. You know, a lot of times I know when I use an automated system, you're given so much time. They say that this, you will not get cut off if you choose to use that system. The other system is if you have a PC, a Mac, a tablet, 
Android, iOS, any type of those devices that you can have an email account on, you will receive your email code. And all you will have to do is click on that link that you receive and your ballot will pop up. So you will not have to put your code in. But like again, I said, you know, we make sure you have that code available if you need it. You can switch from phone one day and do the computer another day. You don't have to do the same way each day. So it's totally up to you um, how you do it. We will start our voting. Um, let me go back a little bit. Um, we will have a mock election on July 9th. And that will be from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And that's Eastern time. So you'll use your code to go ahead and start voting that day and see how the vote goes for you. Then at five o'clock to 5.30, we will have um, a mock affiliate vote. So we'll have all the delegates and alternates doing a mock election. July 12th is when Brian Charleston will have the nominating committee. So we will have all the candidates chosen on that night. So our process is gonna start on Sunday night um, of the convention during general elections uh, session. So what we will do is Dan will um, let us know that we're gonna start the process. And actually with the president one, Kim Charleston will preside then we will ask if there's any, um, announce the candidates early, and then we'll do the candidates. It's, it's, I would say, you know, let's, we'll go um, credentials, and then we will do the candidates. So say Dan's the only one from nominating. So we will um, ask if there's anything from the floor. If there's not, then we he will win by acclamation. And then we will go on to the first vice president. And we know that they will have a contested bet, you know, because we know there's right now there's two, two candidates. So then we will um, choose those candidates and we will start the election that next morning. Um, Elections will start right around 11 o'clock Eastern time, Monday through Thursday. And they will run until about 1 or 15 Eastern time. And again, Dan will announce when we're getting ready to vote and we'll announce when voting is about ready to cease. Between 12 and 1230, about 1230 probably, we will do the affiliate roll call vote. Um, and then by 1.30, we will know who the winner is for that race. Um, and then we'll start that whole process over again. So we have all day Friday, if we have a lot of contested um, races, or we can actually go into Saturday if we need to. Um, what else would you like to know, Anthony? Um, what do folks need to know if they want to nominate or be nominated from the floor? So nominations for the floor, um, Dan will do, um, he'll ask for nominations 
and he will ask for nominations for three times. And he'll do about 15 seconds in between each time he asks. When we find nominations from the floor, um, raise your, you'll raise your hand. And then we will um, cease that. And when, we, when you get nominated from the floor, we want to make sure that you know that you're being nominated and you're okay with being accepted. Um, and if you, one person is already nominated, we don't want other people just to keep nominating you because um, we will recognize that first recognition. Yeah. Um, and then that's how we will find out who the contested elections are, is how we will nominate. And then you have to have your people ready. Um, to speak for you. Yeah, speak for you. And then the speaking will actually take place the next day. So when we have our candidates set up, like on, say, Sunday night, um, Monday morning, have you ready with your speakers? Um, the speakers have five minutes to speak. And you can divide that time up however you want. And the candidate will be able to speak. So that's kind of how it will start. Does that clarify maybe a little bit? I think that that clarifies it great. Plus, um, you know, we have the archive of the Sunday edition where we talked all things voting this year. That uh, The links for that will appear uh, with, this, with these shows as well. So I think, uh, Sarah, you think we're ready to begin? Yeah, and Anthony, I just want to I think so. Oh, I, sorry, go ahead. Come. Sorry, Sarah. I just wanted to say oh. too, that, you know, if they have questions and go, go to the podcast, the Sunday edition, but we have the um, ACB 2021 voting conference and convention little cheat sheet that's been sent out. So if anyone ever has questions, make sure that they reach out to me or out to Anthony and we can help you. So thank you. My, e my email is all over the place. So if you don't have Connie's email, you can always email me. If you have any questions for the candidates that we don't get to tonight, I can forward those along as well. So Sarah, you say we're ready to go, right? You got your, um, your timer ready. I, yes, I sure do. <laughs> Did you All need right. the list of candidates, Anthony? Um, John, do you, um, do you have the candidates over or do you still need to know who they are? Um, I, in the part or uh, in the panelists. Yeah, let's, let's just read them out. Um, and John, you know, just keep look for these folks. Um, candidates, <laughs> if you can raise your hand so you're at the top of the list for John Ross, um, and like I said, we're going to start with the BOP, but go ahead, Sarah, read them out. Thanks. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. We have Chris Bell. He's in. Okay. Jeff Bishop. Yep. Donna Brown. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doug Powell. Doug Powell. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kenneth spoke last night. Connie oh. Sims. Connie Sims in. I'm sorry. Connie Sims. My, my jaws. Connie Sims. You've mm -hmm. got her? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've got her. Uh, Penny Reader. Yeah. Penny Reader. Uh, Zelda Jebhardt. Yeah, she's here. A and Cache Wells. Wells. She's here. That's all it. All right. We've got them all. So that's our slate of candidates for this evening. Like I said, we're starting with the BOP, and our lucky first up is Miss Zelda Gebhardt. So Zelda, you have three minutes for your opening statement. Thank you. 
Anthony. Good evening. I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a North Dakota farm girl who grew up to be a hardworking, dedicated volunteer. At an early age, I learned how to troubleshoot and work together as a team. I was thrust into the decision-making adult world at the age of 14 when my father died in a tractor accident. I've been involved in organizations all my life, starting with 4-H and FHA, groups in college and community clubs and church groups as an adult. I've served on the State Rehabilitation Council and on the advisory board for the North Dakota Vision Services School for the Blind. I'm losing my sight because of Stargardt's, but I have not lost my ability to see what needs to be done and and I have the work ethic to do it. I was working as a director of outpatient services on the administrative team when we transitioned from standalone services to a viable healthcare network. What a great opportunity for me to develop policy making and team building skills. I joined the North Dakota Association of the Blind. Um, and was elected editor, then vice president and membership chair, and then president. Last Sunday, I moved to my new role as past president. It's been my pleasure uh, and my personal mission to develop manuals, guidelines, and handbooks for most of the positions in our organization. We no longer have to depend on verbally passing down information to those who come after us. These documents enable smooth transitions and are really good recruitment tools. I have taken what I've learned on the state level and applied it to my work in CCLVI, where I have served as board director for first VP, membership chair, and on the PR convention planning and youth information and outreach committees. Since 2014, I've been on the ACB auction and Derwood K. McDaniel committees. I love, I love them both, and each are important for building resources for ACB. Where would we be without money, and where would we be without leaders? In 2019, I was asked to run for the Board of Publications. I did so and was elected. It was good for me. It's a good fit for me because communications is my thing. Um, I am seeking re-election so that I can take what I have learned in the past two years and really put it to work. Ten seconds. Thanks to BPI and GDUI for putting on this event. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. So as you all heard, um, you'll get a 30-second, 10-second um you know, reminder for, for your three minutes, you'll get the same thing for your two minutes response to questions and your two minute conclusion. So um, for the BOP, we're going to ask two questions. Sarah, I have two questions ready for everyone, but if you have a question and want to go first, please feel free. Oh, that's fine, Anthony. You go right ahead. You had wonderful questions last night and I have no doubt it'll be the same tonight. All right, Zelda. Um, it is no, uh, it's no secret that communications, 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 and even more communications come across all of our various uh, forms of communication. 
What do you think ACB needs to do to streamline some of these communications yet still make sure that we reach all of our members? Oh, that's a really good question. And it's, and it's really um, difficult issue to, to get a handle on. Um, you know, they say that we need to see things more than once. And, and I believe that it's true. But sometimes we get it inundated with the same thing over and over and over again. It's, it's good we all have a delete button. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we use them. Um, but I, we are working hard. Um, and it's, it may seem like a slow process to those on the outside. Um, but we're working hard to, to delineate and figure out which, which communications belong where and where you can go to get um, what it is that you need to have. And um, that's a process. Um, like I say, we're working towards that, but um, you know, it, it, um, it will happen. And, and we just need everybody's patience and understanding and maybe even some, some tips and suggestions from, from our membership. We're always open to hearing what you have to say. All right. Awesome. So, Special interest and state affiliates often struggle with, you know, involvement in their membership and people stepping up to take leadership roles. And so often, <clears throat> excuse me, so often their communications are somewhat lacking. Um, what can the BOP do for the affiliates uh, to help us with our communications? Well, we're, we're kind of in the process of doing that um, in in a small way, um, it, I guess it started out with with the president's list, which was a great idea that Cindy Hollis had. And we have benefited greatly by that list, the opportunity to, to um, share ideas and concerns and issues that come up uh, with, with our peers who are, who are doing the same things we are doing or similar things anyhow. And um, so, it gave me the idea that we should also have a list for the editors. Um, and and we've opened it up to editors, but I think it will extend past editors because as I was recruiting on finding out who the editors of the affiliates were, I found that we have quite a number of affiliates that don't have a newsletter and don't consequently have an editor. And they are getting the messages out to their members via lists, email lists, um, phone blasts. Um, they're, they're really creative, you know, social media, all of that. And um, so I think we will, we will start with the editors, but we will maybe get way more into communications and explore other forms of it also. Um, I believe that, that ACB and affiliates need to have a real cooperative um, sharing relationship. And I say ACB and I mean BOP and ACB because ACB BOP is the same. So um, we need to, to kind of look at membership and and resources such as as our communication resources as kind of a shared bank account with everybody making deposits and and everybody having access to the resources so um, i think with that kind of supportive and sharing um team approach um that's certainly the way to go and a win-win for everyone awesome Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you have another two minutes to sell yourself. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I want to just make a statement. You know, you had asked about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I really want to say that I believe that all individuals have the right to, to have representation. I also firmly believe that, that just being at the table isn't enough, but each, each person should have an equal opportunity to contribute and to influence the decision-making that goes on. Everyone should be included and feel safe to share their unique perspective. And it's that safe environment that's really important. Um, so I, I believe in that. Um, I think some of the major issues that um, ACB has, um, you know, the, the mentorship. I, I mentioned that earlier about how um, I think we can, we can mentor one another um, as far as editors mentoring other editors, um, you know, maybe development directors um, giving their ideas for fundraising to other development directors, and so on and so forth. Um, I think that's very important because um, we can learn so much from from one another. Um, I think some of the the issues that ACB has at this time, certainly um, the voting issue has been a big one this year. And even today on our, on our list, we, we found out about um, North Carolina's success. And I just yeah. want to say that here in North Dakota, we were successful in this last session to, to get a bill passed. And now we have law in North Dakota that allows anyone any, any person who cannot mark or read a ballot to vote um, an accessible electronic method, um, you know, it is fully, fully electronic and fully accessible. Um, we all have that option here in North Dakota. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. We worked hard on that. Um, please vote for me to uh, remain on the BOP. My work is not done here. I feel like I'm just getting started and there's much more to do. I think we're going to be doing some transitioning um, as far as BOP and I'd like to be a part of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to keep it moving right along. Ms. Penny Reader, you are up and you have three minutes for your candidate statement. Thank you, Anthony. Can you hear me okay? We hear you um, good. I, I just want to say at the beginning that I always think I'm a person who's a better communicator with the keyboard in my hands than I am uh, speaking extemporaneously, but I'm going to do my best. Um, Paul Edwards asked me to run for the Board of Publication, or he encouraged me to run for the Board of Publications when we were in Rochester. And I have to say that I was hesitant. And he said, oh, do it. It'll be fun. We, we all know how much you love writing and you love communications. And he was right. It has been fun. He didn't tell me it was going to be a lot of work, but it has been a lot of work, too. But it's the kind of work that I love. Um, and as a member of the Board of Publications, I have been really busy. I uh, prepare the minutes after each of our meetings and share those with the members of the board uh, so that we can kind of keep track of what we're doing. And this year, I represented the BOP on the ACB Board of Directors. So those summaries of the board meetings that you read in the Braille forums, those are the ones that I have been writing. And I also represent the Board of Publications um, at the uh, ACB board meetings. 
Um, our board meetings are open, and uh, now they're even available on ACB Radio Mainstream, and I really encourage everybody to come and to participate because we love to hear uh, the opinions and the uh, comments and the questions from our members and our readers. Um, the BOP covers all the means of communications in ACB. Um, we started out way back in the day in the 1960s when our major means of communications was the Braille Forum, now called the ACB Braille Forum. And it's still an important, a really important part of what we do in ACB to communicate with our members. We share with our members what's happening in our organization with our leaders and it's a great way to make sure everyone is informed. And we also encourage our members to contribute to the Braille Forum. And that's another thing that we've been doing in the Board of Publications. Uh, I'm a representative um, on the Public Affairs Steering Committee. And um, so we have been uh, coming up with themes you know how it's American Cheese Day or American Donut Day or whatever. And there's some other pretty cool American days that we or American months that we have. And we've been trying to coordinate 30 seconds. All of all of ACB's forms of communications uh, under themes that then we we all cover at the same time. Uh, and the one final thing that communications is important for is uh, assuring that our organization is a working democracy and a working democracy depends on a well-informed electorate. And so that is a major part of our goal as well as sharing what we do with the rest of the world. So when they want to know about blindness, they come to ACB. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Sarah, you want me to go ahead? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, Miss Penny, we get to work on the Public uh, Relations Steering Committee together. And I think, um, you know, your work speaks for itself. But if anybody has any questions on how dedicated Penny is, you guys can always drop me an email. Uh, this question is no, no stranger to conversations that we've had on the committee. The explosion of community calls has brought our, you know, our organization a lot of new members, a lot of new eyes on us, so to speak. Um, but it also has tons and tons and tons of programming. And with ACB Radio, seems to be mm. ACB Media Network, largely run by volunteer staff hours, do you think it's time for a subcommittee either under them or under the BOP to gather up all that podcasting content and find a way to present it in an easier format so that, you know, new members or people that want to go back and find something that they may not have been able to listen to or want to re-listen to, do you think it's time to, to gather that all together in a more cohesive form? And how would you go about doing that? Okay, well, I'm not sure how I would go about doing it, but I do agree that right now it's very hard to find a podcast that you want to find because I use the podcast of the Board of Publications meetings, I mean, the Board of Directors meetings uh, when I prepare my summaries. And sometimes it takes me a long time to find those particular podcasts. And what I usually do is cheat and call Rick Morin and ask him to help me find it. And he does. <laughs> um, yes. and I think, but I think that the volunteers at ACB Radio 
I know they do work closely with Cindy and her group of community callers. Um, and um, I, they're also creating this new network called the ACB Media Network. And that's going to be a place where all the media in ACB resides. The ACB radio and the community calls will be in some way covered under there, if, if only by scheduling. Um, and the Braille Forum will be there, and ACB Radio programming, and all of our YouTube stuff, and our social networking, and our Facebook, and uh, now we have Clubhouse, which I haven't even joined yet. Um, and all those things are going to reside under this one big umbrella called ACB Media. And I think that'll be, uh, I think it will evolve in a way that we're going to be able to do a better job of coordinating uh, where things are stored, and then communicating with people about how to get those things. Um, and also, we need to inform the people on our, on our staff uh, in the national office and in the Minneapolis office, so that when people call, uh, they have a place to go to get that kind of information. Um, and I think Cindy's new helpers are going to help her coordinate better, too. I, I think... Um, I think things are moving in the right direction. All right. Question number two. Um, we have a lot of state and special interest affiliates, plus national is always running their, you know, all kinds of programming. So a lot of times things get lost in the shuffle. What is What are some ways that you think we could streamline communication so that everybody gets everything in a cohesive manner. I know a lot of people have suggested maybe we should have an electronic internal calendar, sort of like we have for convention. Um, what are some, what are some of your ideas to streamline? So I really love the calendar that I used to use with, uh, religiously at ACB conventions. And I think if we had a similar calendar uh, and a group of designated people to post events on that calendar. That would go a long way. But it has to be really, really accessible. It can't be something where you have to be a JAWS or an NVDA expert to access the information. But Jeff Bishop will be working on it, so we know it'll be accessible. Um, um, what was the rest of your question? I forgot. <laughs> um, a way to um, have the affiliates, um, you know, streamline so that, uh, the, you, you know, know they if, get um, if as much attention. If the, leadership, the leadership list would work the way it was intended to work and it originally worked that way. That would go a long way toward um, uh, enhancing the communication because the way it's supposed to work is a leader from, say, uh, um, say Sarah from GDY is a member of the leadership list. And if she sees an event that she wants our members to know about, then she could post that event. She could post it on the board list if it was just for, she just thought that GDY leaders would be interested, or she could post it on any one of GDY's various email lists or even on our announce list. And that that's the way, um, Way back in the day, I worked at ACB back then in around 2000 or 2001. That's when this list, the leadership list was created. That's uh, how it was envisioned. Um, and then things kind of got, um, nobody ever wanted to leave because nobody wanted to think they weren't a leader anymore. And so um, it got a little more complicated. But I think if we could get it back to that original purpose, that would be a good way to at least begin to um, get things more organized and make people know what's happening where and when. 10 seconds. I'm finished. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you get another two minutes to talk about what you want to do in the next two years or why we should bring you back for the next two years. Well, you should bring me back because I really love the work and I think it's so important. <laughs> um, you know, um, people don't know a lot of people who, um, who don't know anyone who's blind, uh, don't know much about blindness. And the way we communicate with those people is we tell them our stories and we have to get those stories out there in the public where people will see them and hear them and know about them. And the BOP's the perfect organization to make sure that happens. Um, and we also, when we get our stories out there, either in the Braille Forum or on, our, or on ACB Radio or in a community call or a Facebook posting, um, the quality has to be good. We have to assure that the quality is really good in our writing and our presentations. And we have to make sure that we appeal to all kinds of people. We don't want to only appeal to new members. We don't want to leave out our older members. And we don't want to only appeal to people who are very sophisticated and are great JAWS and NVDA users and, and leave the people out who don't even have a computer yet. And that's really challenging. And I think that's something the BOP is really, it's really close to all of our hearts. And I think that's something we'll definitely be um, making sure happens uh, on all of our media. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about what I said before, the, the reason that I joined the BOP and the reason that I have uh, been working at ACB for lo these many years is that um, I love ACB and uh, I will do my best to keep the democratic principles that keep us going functioning and to let people know who we are and to serve all the blind people who are members of ACB, no matter if they were born blind or they just uh, lost their vision recently. And um, thank you to GDY, my first love, and uh, BPI, I'm also a member. Um, this has been a great uh, forum. I'm so glad we could get together and do it. Thank you, everybody. I hope you'll vote for me again. Penny, I have Anthony. I'm sorry. This is Gabe. I just have a, a question for Penny. Okay. Sure. Uh, did I understand correctly? You said you were better communicating with a keyboard and not so good speaking. That's how I always feel. I'm not very confident. <laughs> I'm not very confident when I'm just speaking, but I I feel better when I can. <laughs> please, Penny. Please. <laughs> that was I second that emotion. Beautiful. Yeah. I third. You guys are very sweet. You're all very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. And let me just say one more thing. It is great to work with Zelda, and she has done so much for the editor. You have no idea how many people she has made happy with the meetings and the list she started. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. Our next BOP person will be on Sunday edition next Sunday so that we can get to know her as a person a little bit more. Um, so she's a new name for the national stage. Um, Cache, you have three minutes to tell us why we should have you on the Board of Publications. <laughs> 
Thank you. As a native of sunny Florida, I, Cache Wells, um, have worked in the healthcare and various customer service uh, positions. I volunteered over 30 years with many nonprofit organizations, creating protocols, starting practices, training, teaching, mentoring of people of various ages, abilities, and cultures. And I could have never imagined that this moment Never imagined that being a part of an organization or a community, um, but I could see myself always advocating for the cause, which is dear to my heart, which is blind awareness. And it took me at the age of 30, finding out that I was diagnosed with macular degeneration and I had now become blind. I had to re-envision my life differently. I had to rewrite the narrative of my story and after researching and, and finding out uh, what was available in my community, I connected with the local organization of the Jacksonville Council of the Blind, where I began to meet others and it became like family. I found myself getting involved more and more and later becoming an at-large member of the California Council of the Blind and desiring to do much more than what I was doing locally. I chose to get involved with the National Organization of ACB, for which I had never really thought that was possible prior to that. So uh, getting involved in the community calls as a listener, subsequently getting involved as a facilitator of calls, and then as a host, it has allowed me to be able to grow with this community, to learn more about this community. And I am currently the first vice president of JCB. I am also a member of the membership committee and employment committee for FCB. I've used many of my life's experiences, and I choose to use those to partner with the Board of Publications to be able to bring voices to life, to promote literacy, one story at a time, along with partnering with this organization to make sure that every voice can be heard. I have uh, been a regular contributor to the White Cane Bulletin, which is where I started getting active in my on the state level. And I've come to this conclusion and I'd seek to uh, uh, acquire a seat on the Board of Publications because I feel that my heart is here and I want to to be able to make a difference. I want to be able to merge my energy and experience and the efforts that I bring to the table to be able to pursue the rights of human inclusion, to commit to engaging in a positive dialogue for solutions and develop viable action plan to increase diverse leadership. Thank you. Well, you know, as moderator, if I was in the political arena, I would have to be completely impartial. But since this is ACB, I think I can bend the rules just slightly. And I want to let all the folks know that in Florida, Cache Wells is a dynamo, an award-winning advocator for her chapter and our state. So if you guys decide to vote for her, you will get an extremely hardworking uh, person on the board of publications. My first question to you is, um, how can the board of publications bring more awareness to our organization and bring allies into the organization through our communication channels, et cetera, et cetera? I think the first way to be able to uh, bring awareness is to identify, identify why we are here, 
why we connect with one another and moving from there, <laughs> learning to bridge the gap from um, why we came to how they align with the core values of ACB as a national organization and giving opportunity to um, dialogue, positive dialogue, allowing uh, members to be able to share, listening, uh, uh, engaging in, in great conversation to see how we can strategically uh, bridge some of the gaps in the processes and policies uh, that exist that may need a little bit of tweaking or enhancing to continue to be a relevant organization. Nice. Uh, second question, diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that um, our two affiliates, and I think most of, of the special interest affiliates and state affiliates are really um, trying to push forward as, you know, we want to walk the walk right behind the talk. So what can the Board of Publications do to tell more of our individual stories and have our individual stories make state uh, impactful statements in advocacy and, and awareness? The first thing is realizing um, that regardless to what the situation is, I think we have to look at things that arise and concerns, look at it as a human issue. Sometimes we want to take sides, but I think as uh, the Board of Publication, if we take a human interest and um, understanding that um, we've got to engage in a way that we hear people's heart and we empathize with, with what concerns them. If I'm concerned about, my, we say we are family, then we have to act as such and recognizing that uh when we identify as family, sometimes we have to be empathetic, we have to be understanding, and we have to take responsibility. We want to be accountable for our actions. We want, as an organization, my desire is that the, the organization that we are on paper is the organization that we are in reality. Thank you. So, Gabe, Sarah, do either of you have a question for Cache? Um, I have one question. This is Sarah. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, we are the you know, American Council of the Blind. And of course, within the organization, it's just not blind people, but people with low vision. Um, and as we know, sometimes it, later in life, people uh, start to lose their vision. How in, in if you were elected to the Board of Publications, what kind of outreach would you uh, do or implement to let people know who are low vision, losing their vision, know that the American Council of the Blind um, can be a uh, resource for them and it's just not for people who are totally blind? Great question. I think for me, making it personal, um, because that's my life story. At the age of 30, I lost my vision. And so I didn't go from, um, I went from sighted to having low vision, but now I'm going from low vision to total vision. So just using myself, using my, my, my own personal experiences and as an organization, I think if we would be um, more self-reflecting uh, and open-minded to understanding that we may not all be at the same point but at some point we still can come together we can still be empathetic we can um, 
enhance each other's journey by just sharing our stories and not just sharing our stories in a way, but sharing our stories as a way of comfort and as a way of uh, driving home the power that we can still be confident and resilient even as we transition. Thank you. All right, so we're going to do things a little bit differently this evening. Um, while Kesha gives her two-minute closing statement, we're going to take a couple of questions for the three Board of Publications uh, candidates tonight right after she's done. So if you have a question for one of these three fine ladies, please put your hand up now. Kesha, you have two minutes to uh, convince us to vote for you. We each have uh, made a conscious decision and a conscious choice to connect with this organization. And I stand before you, uh, even in a virtual manner, seeking a position of change that we come together and unite. We allow ourselves to be able to share our stories in a way that we become more inviting, more uh, uh we allow ourselves to come up with new innovative ways to draw in new membership, to retain new membership, bridging the gap from local affiliates to special interest affiliates to the national organization. That some of the policies and practices that uh, currently are in place that we kind of look at those to make sure that we're aligning with Again, the core values of ACB, continuing our efforts to make sure that we are truly a safe, respectful, welcoming, and inclusive to all persons as we show interest in becoming a part of the entire whole, that our cause and our community come together because they both are important. And in reality, we know that regardless to what um, we are a group of individuals coming together, uniting for the greater good, because we are confident, resilient. We have a strength to endure and overcome challenges. And um, we use our voices to raise the issues and concerns. And as we meet the needs of the individual, we meet the needs of our community, we meet the needs of our national organization, that we continue to be relevant, reaching back from the oldest to the youngest from the youngest to the oldest. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to start taking a few questions for these three fine ladies. Like I said, if you can all be as concise as possible when you're asking your questions and they will have a one minute response time. John, who, what hands do we have? Up? Okay. So far there are four hands and our first hand up is Diane Scalzi. Actually, I'm afraid my, my question was more in regards to the procedures. I'm wondering um, if, well, I know this, I know this show, this program tonight is being recorded and last night's, I assume, was. When and where will they become available? On July 4th and July 11th, they will be on Sunday edition. Right after they air, there'll be podcasts, so you guys, and I'll put them on all the lists. So there will be ample opportunity to review uh, the two forums. Okay. All right. Thank you. I got to leave. Awesome. I'm afraid. <laughs> Who's next, John? Okay. Our, our next hand is Terry Pacheco. Good evening. Hello, visibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sunday edition. <laughs> um, I have a question. Having listened to all three of these very good candidates, I have a question, I think probably a little bit more 
for cachet. Um, though, if the others can jo join in, that's fine. What strikes me is I think cachet has some very, very strong points there, but I don't quite see how they relate as strongly to the Board of Publications as they do to some of the task forces and committees and even the Board of Directors. And I'd just like um, to know what she more specifically has in mind that this would do to help the Board of Publications. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that question. And the Board of Publications is a committee that governs the written literary work and the voice literary work through their programming. And so because I'm new to the block and as a writer, I would love to see more diversity uh, in uh, those processes along the way, the processes and uh, the clarity of how things are preceded um, as a as someone who has uh, contributed to the Braille Forum, in addition to uh, participating as a regular contributor to uh, the state WCB. Again, I may not have as many of uh, credentialing, but as a new person on the block, I, I look to be a freshness, a new energy to be able to make sure that all voices are being heard. Thank you. All right. All right, um, Penny or Zelda, did you want to say anything in regards to Terry's question? Um, I would just say that, you know, uh, Cachet's attitude and her enthusiasm for ACB and what we do is welcome anywhere in the organization. And, and that should be the case with all of our members. Um, I, you know, often we hear for, from people who um, we ask to write an article in the Braille Forum, I will always hear this. Well, I'm not a writer. And I will always say everyone is a writer. And that's why we have yep. editors. If you don't think you're a good writer, just give us what you've got. Tell us what you want us to, to communicate and we'll figure out a way for you to do it. So uh, 30 seconds. I'm, I'm I love that. Mm -hmm. And this is Zelda. And I, I totally agree. Everyone has a story and everyone has something important to share with the rest of us. We learn so much from one another. And, and I would just encourage uh, each of you um, to to share that story because it's it's important that we know um, what what others are going through, what you've gone through, your successes, your challenges, all of that. It's it's very um, you know we we are a family and and in that family we have all kinds of kinds of experiences and talents and thirty seconds. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just I just would encourage everyone to to open up and share what they have with with the rest. John, how many more hands do we have up right now? Okay, it is uh, 10 till the hour and there are two hands. Uh, All our, right. We're, we're, we're going to take one more question. Go, okay, go ahead with our, the next hand. All right. Next question is from Sarita Sarita. You may talk. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. And thank you for taking my my hand. Uh, this has been a very interesting uh, presentation from the uh, candidates yesterday and today. And I, I'm very taken by the discussion of diversity and inclusion. And I am hopeful, as a longstanding member since 1983, that I would like your opinion of 
how important you feel the spoken and written word is as it relates to diversity and inclusion. And with that being said, recognizing the barriers that can exist when it comes to communication and whether or not you would all be willing as a uh, member of the Board of Publications and for those who were candidates last night, be willing to support uh, the possibility of having the oath taken by the executive officers and the board members to have something in it included, something included in that statement of pledge that reflects the organization's attitude towards diversity and inclusion. Anthony, I'd like to take that. Um, Sarita, I, I, I would just say right now, I have, I have a statement to say. I believe ACB needs to, to take a non-tolerant position when it comes to racism, sexism, ableism, ageism, or any other isms that prevent us from fully accepting any individual and, and their unique perspectives and abilities. And I think um, we should all be willing to to stand up and and um, and declare that. So, I, I totally agree with Zoda. I mean, we have to we have to be as welcome as we possibly can. Um, a long time ago, I used to be the editor of the Braille Forum, but I know what I did is still possible. And what I did was I told people that I would take your story in any format you wanted to give it to me. Uh, we published a, an article by a ten year old who had been to space camp. We published an article which was totally dictated to me uh, by someone who could not read print at all and couldn't read Braille either. And he talked to me over the phone and we did it that way. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have in ACB. We can't be judging other people for what they can do and they can't do. We have to be appreciating everyone for who they are. And we all have our skills and we all have our lack of skills. And we just need to be tolerant and welcoming. And, And I totally agree with what Zelda said. We need to take them where they're at. Yep. Cache, any thoughts? This is Cache. And I will say that if we um, go back to what we say we are, that we're uh, go back to the core values of ACB and we're safe, we're respectful, we're welcoming and we're inclusive and we're combining all of our core values of honesty and integrity and respect and collaboration, flexibility and initiative that we can see people for humans and we will learn how to respect and handle and make sure that we're all welcoming and we're looking at it from a human factor. Absolutely. Right, right. All right. Thank you, ladies. So uh, for all of our candidates last night, for any of our candidates this evening, if you do not get a chance to ask your question tonight, please forward um, your questions to me. I will forward it to them and then we will post them on all the various ACB lists. Ladies, thank you so much. We're going to move on to the seats now. Uh, please stick around, though, if you and uh, listen to what your fellow candidates have to say. And we are going to start with our voting lady. Connie, you are up. You have three minutes to state your case. Thanks, Anthony. Um, And I would like to thank um, BPI and GDUI for having this candidate forum. I really appreciate it. Um, I am from South Dakota, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am the current 
president of the South Dakota Association of the Blind, and I am the 2020 um, J.P. Morgan Chase recipient. And I've also won the Governor's Award in 2017 in South Dakota for my advocacy work as an outstanding citizen. And then in 2018, I received the award from SDAB for Outstanding Advocate. Being born with low vision, I have had to advocate for myself my whole life. I learned that from my parents. And I think that's huge. We talk a lot about um, blindness and ACB. And being from a rural state, it's even harder to advocate because we don't have a lot of the resources that a lot of the urban and bigger cities have. So with low vision, I really want to make sure that large print, other accessible devices are available. And I wanna make sure that we have that inclusion, equity and diversity. I see that all the time and I've worked for that my whole life. I have a member who doesn't have internet. She doesn't have, this year she does not have long distance. So she has to go to a library to get onto an internet. Last year when she did have long distance, she listened to the ACB convention for 45 minutes and it cost her $15. Wow. We have to make it inclusive for everyone. We need to make accessibility for everyone. So diversity isn't just you know, race or infinity or you know anything. It's diversity is for everyone. There's all types of diversity and all types of inclusion. And we need to make sure that everyone is involved. And being on the voting task force, I feel like I have helped. I, 30 help, seconds. Help make that accomplishment. Being the communication and outreach specialist, <clears throat> I've been able to reach out and do presentations and make sure that all the writing is done. And I wanna make sure that everyone has a vote. vote. And that's what we need to do is make sure that everyone has inclusion and be able to vote. 10 seconds. Make sure that we can always keep going forward together. All right, Sarah, do you have any questions before I go with the two I have? Uh, not at this moment, I sure don't, thank you. All right, so <clears throat> you, um, congratulations on, uh, on being a, <laughs> a remarkable leader, taking your leadership recognition and and really running with it on the voting task force just want to say that and and i hope i can follow in your footsteps this year um but i digress as i'm known to do <laughs> so since a lot of acb is just getting to know you now we know that voting obviously is a passion of yours what other areas do you really want to dig your heels in and get to work with um, thanks anthony i am um, i've also been involved with transportation um, I have been involved with transportation locally and state and nationally. So I want to keep working with transportation. When I spoke last year at Mobility and Beyond at the convention, there's 97% of our geographical area, land area, is rural. And we need to start working on the rural aspects. Um, 
I have a health background. I'm a medical massage practitioner. Um, ACB has just started their campaign of health and wellness of get up and go. And because of my medical and my health wellness background, I have been asked to join that campaign. And that's close to my heart. I wanna make sure that we have accessibility inclusion for broadband, for transportation, pedestrians. I mean, it's, it's totally different in a rural setting. So I wanna make sure we have communication. When I was part of the task force and asked to do the communication, I wanted to make sure that everything was done. And I still am writing up things, cheat sheets. And I think communication is huge. And we really need to do, make sure that we have the communication and we share that. 30 with seconds. So if it's from all the way up to the bottom, and I think mentoring and working together, but the communication is huge. If we don't have communication, nothing goes works right. We don't have a team. And that's where the team and communication works together. In the two plus years that I've been involved with ACB, I see that <clears throat> although you're from um, one of the smaller affiliates, your affiliate definitely is mighty and, and shows up when, when needed. So as if you are elected and put on the board, what do you want to help leadership understand about smaller affiliates and what they need? What, what are you bringing to the table and what are you going to advocate for for the smaller affiliates out there? Um, for smaller affiliates, it's hard, especially a lot of the smaller ones are in rural areas. So actually this year, um, Zoom has been awesome because we don't have the transportation. So I wanna help find a bridge to bring the smaller affiliates more accessibility, to come together to have that help and show ACB what the smaller affiliates need. I mean, I have um, a personal contact with Senator John Thune, the second in command of the Senate and head of transportation. And he has asked my personally, myself for input and my suggestions and thoughts on transportation. And I think that's huge. If we can keep working and I think that I can bring the rural aspect, I live it, I understand it because living in a rural area is totally different than living in an urban and you don't understand the advocacy work is different. So I want to bring that to the board and show how we as smaller affiliates can still strive, but we do it differently and hopefully more with ACB's help. Very nice. Sarah? Um, you were talking about the, the rural areas and um, I know uh, myself live in semi-rural area as well as others. And um, as far as the, the transportation issues and, what would you suggest to the state affiliates on how they could help in their areas with this type of transportation issue difficulties to, to help bridge it as you were talking about? Right. That's a good question, Sarah. 
Here in South Dakota, we actually had, back in 2018, we had a forum and we contacted with, you need to make friends basically with transportation. I've been on a lot of transportation task force and committees, but we had um, someone from Sioux Falls because Sioux Falls is more urban. And we had a representative from rural transportation in most states, all states are going to have, if you have a rural area, you're going to have probably a rural government area that reports to the state. So you bring them together, you bring the state together, you bring the feds together and you visit with them about the concerns and the issues and what needs to be done. And I will say that we have now have access from a smaller community to Sioux Falls um, three times a day and it stops at other smaller communities. But that never would have happened, I don't think, if we wouldn't have sat down and had that forum in 2018 and now they're adding more things all the time. And I think it's just been a wonderful thing, but I think the mentoring and helping, um, just getting to know the people. I mean, last year when I did the mobility and beyond, it was rolled up the sidewalks at night. Um, there's a list of all of the state transportation departments and you can look at their websites. You can 30 seconds. And they, will be helpful if you just tell them who you need to talk to or what your concern is majority of them will work with you especially with the rural because they don't know everything either it's different for them and so it's a learning process so if you make friends and make those connections they're willing to work with you it's really great all right connie in conclusion what do you want to tell us about your advocacy work about your life experience that will gain, that will get, make us want to give you our vote. Thanks, Anthony. I am, um, I believe that I have been a bridge, bridge to the state and to the national and to the local. I, um, I think that I can bring a lot of my advocacy work. I have a passion for it. I, um, I want to work on transportation. I want to work and make the rural areas more sustainable. I mean, we do things different here and ACB has a lot of great programs and we just need to start including the rural area. We need to start including more of the low vision. Um, as David Trott stated yesterday, you know, low vision and rural is hard. I mean, he stated too that he can go 40 miles and lose broadband. So, in the same thing here, I had to have uh, a meeting and part of the interstate doesn't have inter internet. So you don't know, I told them I'd be on, um, but I didn't know if I would have internet. So I, I wanna bring a different view from the outside and show that I'm a woman, I'm an advocate, I've been low vision since birth. My parents taught me how to advocate because it was before the ADA. It was before 1972 with all of the... 30 seconds. So I've learned I've had to speak <clears throat> myself and I've had to help others speak up. And I wanna be that person to help reach those, everyone has potential and I wanna help show everyone how they can be successful in life.
Thank you. Connie, you're going to stick around for some questions later on, right? Yes, I will. And Connie will be on this week's Sunday edition where we're catching up with J.P. Morgan Chase and DKM first-time winners. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm sure there'll be some questions for you a little later on. Doug, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You have three minutes for your candidate statement. Thanks, Anthony. And thank you, BPI and, and uh, GDUI for uh, hosting this event. Um, I'm Doug Powell. I'm from Falls Church, Virginia. I've been on the board for, I guess, four years now. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed being there and uh, feel, feel like I've made some contributions, uh, both as a board member and also uh, in various other levels of, of participation. Uh, for example, I'm the chair, have been for, I think, uh, 10 years now of the uh, Rehabilitation Issues Task Force. And last year, we, uh, I was the primary writer of a, uh, the, it's, it's a white paper called The Status of uh, the Rehabilitation System in the United States um, for Blind and Visually Impaired. And um, it was endorsed by the, the board. Um, and it talks about the shortcomings and, and some of the directions that we feel uh, are needed to be moved in to actually make rehabilitation successful for everybody. Um, I've always been upset that um, with WIOA and the loss of the homemaker, um, <clears throat> excuse me, category of uh, rehabilitation, that people who don't even know what they can do if they've just gone blind and they don't even know what they can do um, yeah. to force them to uh, say, okay, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going for a vocation when you don't even know what you can do and, and are totally lost. That makes no sense to me. So I think that we ought to change this rehab system so that everybody gets a little bit of rehab so that they can uh, function in the community. And then if you want to go, then, you know, once you've, feel like you're you're able again um then you can say yes i'd like to go you know work and so get some uh job skills um or not but uh at least you know having basic skills um another area that uh, i'm working on right now i'm on I, i'm in the, another special interest affiliate called the uh Ag agency on aging uh, i'm sorry <laughs> that's the project uh, the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And um, uh, Jeff Tom asked me to be the chair of the, um, of the uh, policy committee or the advocacy committee. And we've been working seconds. on, a, we've been working on a, a project called the AAA project. So um, contacting the area agencies on aging to make sure that, <clears throat> excuse me, their services are available and their outreach is uh, to the blind community as well as everybody else. So those are just a couple of things I've been working on as, as, as uh, during my tenure on the board. Doug, this is an unofficial question, but you have an interesting email in 20 seconds or so. Can you tell us about your, your choice of email <laughs> handle? <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what Anthony is referring to is a Doug.Powell.OldJock, O-L-D-J-O-C-K. So um, old, the old part is that I'm 71 years old, 
God and bless. the um, the jock part is that I've been an athlete all my life. And um, uh, as I lost my vision, I still wanted to pers- participate. So I've been doing triathlon since 1985. And I was <clears> able to participate in, in a, an Ironman uh, oh, about 10 years ago now. Nice. So, you know, just for a point of reference, um, I was a college ball and one year of minor league ball playing player. Um, so wow. I, you know, I just had to ask. All right. Official <laughs> question. <laughs> official question. Sorry. Um, ACB uh, is, is a huge organization and it's great and it's wonderful, but there is a definite disconnect between a lot of the smaller affiliates and national programming. What will you do as as a board member in in your next term to really bridge the divide between you know folks on the local level who have no idea what national is, what they do, and what will you bring to you know the board and and national programs so that we recognize those members that that we don't know we don't know much about. We were just talking about that the other night, Anthony. Um, I was on a call with uh, Cindy. We, you know, we, I'm on the membership steering committee. Uh, each board member is a member of uh, four or five steering committees. And um, I, I really enjoyed being on the, on the steering committees um, because you get together with people, uh, especially um, uh, chairs of other committees that are in your program area, like advocacy, um, and, and get to talk about, you know, what should we be doing and, and you know, get a broad approach. So um, we've, we were discussing that the other night, you know, some, uh, I think it was Penny uh, talked about the leadership list and how it used to run. Well, I, I, I'm not sure that she's totally right because I'm not sure that sometimes some of the leadership people, even back in the day, would pass the information down to the, you know, to the rank and file member. And so uh, I think, I think one of the things that we were, well, one of the things we were talking about was how do we get to the, at least to the local chapter presidents um, and not put it on the uh, state affiliate uh, presidents to, to, you know, to put that responsibility in their hands but to, to get it all the way down to, to the, at least the chapter level, and hopefully the chapter level will, will share it with their members. So that's, that's one thing that we just were talking seconds. about the other night that hopefully we'll, we'll be able to pursue further. All right. Um, I think that Dan's fireside chat was something that was innovative. It was um, you know a high point for our leadership weekend. What do you envision the you know, ACB and the blind and low vision community, what do you envision us reaching out to other partners in the disability community? What do we need to be doing? What should we be doing together stronger? Or, you know, do we need to stay in our own lane? Uh, I, I think there are areas where we can work with, uh, you know, with larger, dis- you know, other disability groups. Um, but I also think that we kind of get lost in the shuffle um, sometimes when, uh, because we're a sort of a, a relatively low incidence, uh, disability group. So, um, which means that, you know, there, there aren't as many people who go blind as there are people who have some other, uh, other disabilities. Um, so 
I think both are true. And I think we are doing a great job of uh, intersecting with, um, for example, the Vision Serve Alliance. Um, I, I, um, I don't know if you remember seeing it, but uh, at the leadership conference as the rehab chair, mm -hmm. I invited um, the head of the uh, independent living centers, the head yep. of the uh, uh, National uh, Council for State Agencies for the Blind and CSAB, and um, the uh, um, oh and VSA um, to get together and start talking about what um, what we can do together because there are some there are some issues where we differ quite quite greatly, um, but hopefully there are, we can open up conversations and and try to share. Uh, you know, share ourselves in a way that people will understand where we're coming from and maybe come to some kinds of um, uh, accommodations amongst us that will work for everybody. Sarah, if you have a question, cool. If not, I have one more for him. Uh, well, I, I do have a question for Go him. Ahead, then. Um, you've been on the board for um, several years and have, have quite a bit of um, experience um if you were reelected to the board and you were given the acb genie bottle what wish and you had one wish what wish for acb would you have i wish Good question that, <laughs> i wish that every member had the opportunity to advocate for our community and I, the reason I say that is there's nothing, I mean, the people on this call, the, you know, the people running for office, you know, all the people here know this, um, and I, I, that, that, that contributing, that sharing, that um, advocating for our, you know, for our, for our causes um, has, uh, is tough work, but it's also got a lot of rewards. And I think that if we engaged every member in some kind of local advocacy, um, they would feel better about themselves. They would feel better about the organization and we would be all the stronger for it. Well said, thank you. All right, so you have two minutes to make a concluding statement. Thank you. Um, I, think we're it, I think we're in a new place. Uh, ACB is in a new place. We have, uh, over the past several years, and I don't take very much credit for it, but um, we, we are in a financially stable condition where we've been able to hire. I mean, I can't, you know, the, the, <laughs> we, we hired a new one today. I mean, it, today, it's just, yeah. It's almost, it's almost a daily occurrence that we get a new. They staff finally member. have an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but that, um, that to me is also a challenge because we are a membership organization first. And um, I would like to make sure that we incorporate the staff and the, and the volunteers in a way that's going to be uh, great for everybody. Um, you know, I, I, don't want to, I don't want the members to think that, well, the staff is going to do it. I also don't want the staff to think the members are going to do it and, or that, you know, the members don't matter. You know, we know what's right and all that kind of stuff. So I, one of the things that I hope we can, we can do in the next couple of years 
is make sure that the that the um, contributions of both are uh, maximized so that some of the things that we've been hoping for for years and years and years, like a lot of outreach, uh, a lot of public awareness of our issues, 30 seconds. All, uh, all those kinds of things will be enhanced by the staff um, with input from, you know, from the membership. So I, I think that's one of the greatest things that we, we can look forward to in the next several years. All right, Doug, you can stick around also, right? Uh, yeah, I will be able to. Thanks. And thank you very much. And I hope, I hope uh, you'll vote for me in, in my reelection campaign. All right, Donna, are you ready? I am ready. All right. You've got three minutes, mm -hmm. Donna. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Anthony and BPI and GDUI for this opportunity. So I am Donna Brown. I'm from Romney, West Virginia, and I'm currently president of the Mountain State Council of the Blind, which is the West Virginia affiliate, and I'm treasurer of American Association of Blind Teachers. Um, just quickly, a little bit more about myself. Uh, my sort of leadership began when I was in third grade. <laughs> we had a, uh, our teacher was low vision and what a role model this lady was. She's since passed away, but uh, what a role model for me she, uh, she was. And um, so we had a candy store and uh, I was elected secretary and she taught me how to write minutes. And like I wrote minutes at eight years old, the way you know, secretaries do now, you know, uh, she taught me what all the words, you know, re respectfully submitted and all that kind of thing, what all that meant. Um, so that just kind of started my leadership. Um, I was a Girl Scout in high school. I was a Girl Scout leader in college and uh, president of our local Lions Club several times. <laughs> that kind of comes around uh, periodically. Um, but in ACB, uh, I've been an ACB member for my word, a long time, 30 some years. Um, I had wonderful mentors uh, through the years, and that has meant a lot to me. And I, I hope that I have maybe been mentors to others and I can continue to be mentors to future leaders. Um, but anyway, um, I finished, well, I was supposed to be on the board for one year, uh, unexpired term when Denise Colley became secretary. But of course, that went into two years because of COVID. So I am actually seeking what would really be my first uh, full term on the uh, board of directors for ACB. And so I had mentioned in my, um, on my candidates page that I, I really have a passion for younger people. I was a teacher. I uh, just retired not too long ago, taught 37 years, students of all ages. Um, and so I, I am so happy with the next generation and uh, affiliate and they are just working so hard and I, I want to do everything I can to support them. Our student affiliate uh, really needs our, our support that kind of has a turnover just because students eventually become adults. And anyway, but anyway, I have a real passion for trying to figure out how <clears throat> we can have some programming for like teenagers who are blind and visually impaired. Um, you know, they are kind of the future, future <laughs> of, of ACB. And I'm, I'm hoping um, that maybe more of them will apply for scholarships and that we might have a better chance of keeping them involved after they get out of college. So I'll just wait now for my questions. Well, you know what? 
you brought me to a question that I was going to ask another candidate, but I'm going to ask you instead. Uh Um, (laughs) (laughs) We, we have, you know, we have a great student and next gen affiliate, but it seems like we lose a lot of those members along the way. Um, what, what do we need to be doing to, to bring them through and to keep them in ACB, to fire up their passion and to make them in a candidate form a few years from now, talking to me about why they should be on the board. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and not that I'm going to avoid the question cause I don't mean to be doing that. Um, but uh, all, uh, you know, especially volunteer organizations are in that same situation. Uh, now, Absolutely. Right? you know, so I, I'm not avoiding your question at all. <laughs> it's reality. Um, but I, I'd like to see us and, and, you know, I'm talking about myself included, really trying to get to know some of these um, younger people and, and really find their um, skills, their, their interests, because uh, we know everybody has skills of some sort. Everybody has interests. And, and so I, I think I'd like to see us try to do a better job tapping into these the skills of, of these people and, and maybe doing even a better job than what we are doing of, of making them feel like they belong and, and that they have something to offer to uh, our organization and beyond, really. Um, so anyway, I, 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 don't, I don't have a, a concrete answer of how to do that except maybe more interaction. Um, if, if I had my choice, <laughs> um, as, as people might know that um, uh, as members of the board of directors, you have, there's a affiliate liaison program, which I think is a wonderful program. Um, and I am hoping whoever has the opportunity to be the affiliate liaison for the next generation affiliate and the student affiliate, that they will really step up if I could choose affiliates, I would like to have those as, as my assignments, but I don't know that we get to choose. So, Pay attention, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just have a, a passion for, for bringing younger people, you know, along. And All right. I'm going to ask you a question that I asked a few of the other candidates. Um, you know, leadership down, grassroots, you know, local and state level up. You know, there is still a huge disconnect. What do you think the board and, and the leaders of ACB need to do to make those locals in the rural areas and even in the city areas who don't really participate nas- on the national stage? How can we bridge that divide? Yeah. Um, so uh, Doug sort of stole a little bit of my thunder because we happened to be on that same call <laughs> the other day. On the <laughs> membership steering. I am the member lead on, on the membership steering committee. And, and that has been a, a real interesting committee to serve on because uh, you learn a lot about the, the membership of ACB. And we have more at large members right now than we've ever had. Um, and, that's kind of a, a new avenue for us to travel, actually. But that's not really what you're asking. So, um, I, the, to bring the the affiliates, I, I think um, I think it's gotten. There have been some things that that have helped. I think creating this presidents list um, has helped some. However, uh, not even half 
of the affiliate presidents are, are on there on a regular basis. And I realize people are working and it's hard. Um, we did change the time and that didn't seem to work either. Um, so I, I, I think, again, this board liaison program, um, I, I don't know that it's gone quite the way it was intended to go. And um, some affiliates feel intimidated, I think, by ACB board members. You know, they think that they're like, it, in, you know, intruding in there and that that's not really what it's for. We're, we're there to, to work with them. And somehow the message needs to be conveyed to um, to the affiliates and, and they need to, you know, feel comfortable with, with us working with them. So it's a tough thing. Minute. Yeah, I have a one minute bonus question for you. Oh, dear. Do you, do you think that every board member should have two or possibly three mentees that they, you know, that they involve in their day to day board responsibilities um, to garner more interest, more um, leadership potential, et cetera, et cetera? Would you favor a program like that? Oh, my word. Uh, uh, yes. Um, so you're saying like e e board, each board member would would have maybe two mentees from the membership is, is that yeah. what, what you're asking yeah like last year you could have you know you could have picked connie um from right. the leadership fact right. uh, from the leadership um pack and yeah. you know maybe somebody from rural california or somebody from texas you know and you'd have three people that you work with on you know on a regular basis yeah, yeah i i i think that's a, a wonderful idea and i wish i would have thought of it um but <laughs> you can have it <laughs> no i i and I think it's it's a way of of another way of the board connecting with our membership. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd I'd be happy to to do that. Sarah, you have a question? Uh, no, not right now. I sure don't. Thank you. You covered it. Oh, all right, then, Donna, you've got two minutes to convince us to reinstate you. Not reinstate you. Just keep you <laughs> on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like I um, obviously have a passion for fundraising. I'm, I'm the chair of the WAP committee and, and we know our organization needs funding to, um, you know, carry out its its daily daily duties. Um, so on the board, I, I really feel like I can um, work closely with um, affiliates um, you know, ACB is a grassroots organization, and so it's our members and affiliates that really drive the organization. And so also um, on the board, I feel like um, I can just, again, continue to, to help with the, the development, which is the fundraising of, of the affiliates, um, and advocacy. Uh, I'm with Connie on, on the advocacy and I've grown in that area and being on the board has helped me to, to grow in that area. My first year was kind of a learning, ex you know, experience on the board. And I think that probably happens to all new board members. You kind of go through a little bit of a learning uh, process. So now I, I really feel more comfortable and I, I feel like I can actually really do some work. And um, so my, my, goal is to continue to serve on the board and, and work uh, with our members and, and listen to our members. I feel like that's a strength of mine is, is being a, a listener. Um, and mm -hmm. so all of you out there, I'm ready to listen to you. Uh, so anyway, thank you again for this opportunity.
All right. You're going to stick around for some yes. possible questions also? Yes. Great. All right, Chris, um, for those who may be here tonight and are not, are not on the ACP conversation list, Chris, you uh, shared some good news today, didn't you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm president of the North Carolina Council of the Blind, and uh, a year ago, we uh, got together with disability rights advocates uh, and the local protection advocacy agency, Disability Rights North Carolina, and we filed a lawsuit against the state board of election, uh, alleging that their uh, absentee voting program wasn't accessible because it wasn't. Um, and uh, just yesterday, we got a ruling out of a federal judge uh, that essentially requires uh, that the State Board of Election make sure that uh, all of its uh, websites are accessible, that its documents for voter registration and, and voting are accessible, and most importantly, that um, if you request to vote absentee, you can do so electronically. You can get an accessible ballot, which you can mark privately and independently, and then you can return it electronically without having to print it out and address an envelope. So this is a big deal and <clears throat> relatively uh, rare in terms of uh, court rulings. Um, in addition... Well. Well, and in, addition, oh, in addition, you have a right now under this court order to request um, a ballot in an accessible format of your choosing. It could be Braille, it could be large print, or it could be audible, but uh, those aren't the limits. So this is a, a great victory for um, blind voters generally and disabled voters uh, also throughout the state. Well, folks, that's advocacy at work. And, you know, we hear in the leadership weeks, you know, in the leadership um, that we all go to that, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a really long time, but perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. So, Chris, congratulations. You have three minutes to make your candidate statement. Well, thanks. Um, so I've been a member of ACB for, oh, um, maybe a little over 40 years. And um, I hope you won't hold it against me. I'm a lawyer. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I object. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, I, and I'm retired. Um, but a lot of the work I've done at ACB has been uh, in advocacy. Um, uh, I've served for many years in the Environmental Access Committee and the Transportation Committee and written uh, quite a few documents, uh, comments on different uh, agency proposals, the public rights away guidelines from the access board, um, the manual and uniform traffic control devices. Uh, I wrote a letter <coughs> for Dan Spoon to send to people who judge the new secretary of transportation on accessible pedestrian signals. Um, but in addition to that, uh, before I moved to North Carolina three years ago, um, I was very involved in the ACB of Minnesota. And I, I lived in Minnesota for 20 years. And uh, one of the things that, that we did, uh, it, uh, I did a lot of work in the state legislature, and we had a, uh, <clears throat> a member, Lala Lilievsky, uh, who uh, used a guide dog, and her dog was attacked by uh, someone while she was uh, heading to the local target. So uh, Lala and I got together, and we put together a proposal for state legislation. We went to uh, State Senator Scott mm -hmm. Dibble. Um, he got it written up and uh, it, it passed the state legislature unanimously, uh, which is very rare because it's a 
very partisan uh, legislature and was signed by uh, Governor Tim Pawlenty, who was a very conservative governor. Um, and it made it a crime to uh, assault uh, a service animal uh, while it was working. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a great victory. I don't know how often that happens, but it's happened to a number of people in Minnesota. So uh, <clears throat> uh, I've been involved in legislative advocacy. I was the co-chair of the Minnesota Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities, which is a disability-wide, statewide organization. I was the first blind co-chair. And I also represented the disability community as the co-chair of the statewide uh, Olmstead uh, Committee uh, so I've done a lot of advocacy, and uh, that is my passion. But what I I'm pushing now is this idea of having a uh, an academy to pass down to uh, leaders coming up the knowledge and experience and expertise that so many of uh, older ACB members have uh, before we uh, retire. And that's my present passion. Thank you. Well, it seems like my questions are tailor-made this evening. Um, so that's great. And, and that is something that I think we all need to, if we look at, at the membership of ACB right now, especially the leadership of ACB right now, one has to wonder, where are we going to be in 15, 20 years? So what does ACB need to do to strengthen up and make sure that you know, we, we're viable you know, in the next couple of decades? Um. Well, one thing I think we have to do is uh, a better job of uh, not just communicating with our members, which, by the way, I think means talking to, not just sending uh, uh, Braille forum and, and articles. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've, Lord knows I do a lot of writing. But I think, you know, we need to have a system of uh, regular telephone communication with our members. Um, and I think Cindy has a, a posse that's, uh, that's doing that. I think we can do some more in that area. So the pe they hear from us um, and we get to know them and get to know their needs and desires and, and interests. So I think that's really important because that's where you can get people excited and find out who has uh, the kinds of interests that I think will be important for us going forward. If you look at the demographics of ACB, they don't really match the demographics of our of our country. What do you think we need to do to bridge the gap between our demographics and what the country really looks like? Well, that's a great question. And um, let me start out by saying that uh, uh, I'm an old, fat, white male uh, and uh, who's blind. Uh, I have... Uh, learning disability affecting spatial orientation. Um, I walk with a support cane as well as a guide dog. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, and so I, you know, <laughs> in, in some ways there are aspects of that that are maybe representative of people, but I'm, I'm an old white guy. So one of the things I think is really important and uh, I think uh, that's been mentioned is we need to be able to talk with people uh, with different intersectionalities in our community. You know, I, I get really tired of educating sighted people about blindness, but the truth is that uh, as a white male, I need a lot of education. What does it mean to be African-American and blind uh, in this country? How do those two things uh, 
impact somebody uh, or, or being a Native American and blind or being Hispanic and blind or gay or trans and blind. And we need to have those kinds of communications. And I think that might be done through some community calls. And, and I'd like to see that because I'd like to see more stories of, of how our various uh, cultural and, and personal histories uh, uh, come to affect our lives. Sarah? Um, I guess I've got, I'm sorry, I turned that thing off. Um, you had uh, mentioned your guide dog user and, and for many years, the same old problem has happened that a lot of uh, guide dog users, service dog users are being rejected by taxis, Ubers, such things. And it's, um, been quite an issue with rides being canceled once somebody knows that they have the service dog. What, in your opinion, or what would you do to help um, change that or sure. just, yeah, what would you do to help change that in the... Well, you know, there was a recent arbitration award for a woman in San Francisco, a blonde woman who was really verbally assaulted and, and uh, hectored by, uh, by Uber drivers, and she got over a million dollars. Eric Bridges uh, did some work on local TV in uh, the Washington, D.C. area and was able to have uh, TV photograph uh, taxis passing him by. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was a settlement of that. And I think we just have to do more of that stuff. And we have to encourage that for guide dog users. And we have to uh, uh, help them make it happen. I think one of the possibilities would be to uh, uh, have ACB procure uh, some of these uh, cameras that you can uh, wear that, uh, you know, shoot video, uh, not maybe as fancy as the cops have, but, um, you know, you can get a camera from Amazon and go out and, and actually film what happens uh, when an Uber driver comes up and drives away, etc. And I think, uh, you, you know, they say pictures worth a thousand words, maybe not so much for us blind folks, but I think that's the kind of thing we need to do. Thank you. All right, Chris, you have two minutes to uh, convince us to vote for you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I want to thank uh, BPI and GDUI for the opportunity of introducing myself uh, to uh, ACB voters. And um, one of the things that I have a passion about that I haven't really mentioned is uh, I think that there are a lot of people at ACB that uh, are not only visually impaired, but have other uh, chronic medical medical conditions and disabilities. And I think it's uh, very important that we have a space for people that have multiple disabilities to talk about uh, how those disabilities combine to affect uh, as I said, I have a, uh, from birth, I have brain damage and uh, I have a very significant orientation uh, disability. I get lost in my own house every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to walk with a support cane and I'm hearing impaired and wear uh, hearing aids. So there are a lot of people like me out there. Um, but, you know, we, we, we live in silos. ACB is itself a silo. Um, and I've been very active in the uh, Blindness Plus community call. And I think there needs to be more recognition that there are many of us with multiple disabilities uh, in our organization and that that's a plus, not a minus. That's sweet. 
Hey, Jeff, you're up. You have three minutes. All right. Thank you very, very much, uh, Anthony, uh, BPI, and GDUI, two uh, of my favorite affiliates, although all of them really are. Um, my name is Jeff Bishop. I live in Kirkland, Washington. Uh, when I'm not working hard for ACB, I work as a program manager working at Microsoft Corporation, working on the Windows Accessibility Team, where we work on built-in screen reading technology for uh, blind and visually impaired people. Um, first of all, I wanna, I wanna thank everyone for the opportunity to speak to all of you tonight. And I wanna talk briefly about some of the things that I feel that I bring to the table um, for the board and where I think um, we should move forward as far as an organization. And I hope I get an opportunity to talk more about that tonight with all of you. First of all, things that I've done, uh, I've I really helped uh, frame and build out some of ACB's communication plan uh, centered around um, the way that we communicate across the organization. That includes the great team that, that I helped drive um, that drives our ACB media network. It's, there's no I in team and there are literally dozens of people, not to mention Deb and Rick, Debbie Hazelton and, and Rick Morin who work tirelessly for each and every one of us to bring a lot of this content to us. In fact, last year we had over 25,000 volunteer hours just from that part of the organization. Uh, they work very, very hard. I've worked really hard on ensuring that we have a really strong technical and IT infrastructure for the organization for today and tomorrow. Uh, when uh, I started this process, we had a, an infrastructure that was very archaic, uh, not really built for the future and had substantial risk for the organization. And, and it truly was putting us uh, at risk in, in, a, in a very volatile way. Uh, if something were to have, have, have happened, it could have been very detrimental to the organization. And we have a bit more to do in this space, but we're really working hard in this area. I'm really proud uh, this year of things that I've done on the board to make sure that each and every person who wishes to serve in this organization can by pushing for policies on the board to increase the stipend that people who are elected to the board are able to receive to be able to offset costs. It's not cheap being on the board and that should not be a barrier to entry for wanting to serve. And I have a lot more to say about this area. Um, I really think that we as an organization need to make sure that we're working together and that we're inclusive, that we make sure that all voices are heard. I think that's really, really important. Uh, and I'm ready to take your questions. All right. Well, the first question that I'll give to you is you've got a lot of great ideas. You've done a lot for ACB behind the scenes. So what else do you want to see accomplished as a board, as a leadership, as the leadership of ACB? Well, I, I don't know that I can do this justice in two minutes, but I, I think what's really important here. And, you know, we, we, we've heard from a lot of great candidates tonight and last night. And so there's a lot of things that I'm going to say here that's a bit repetitive, but I think I have some things to offer that are slightly different. 
I think that one of the things that I've heard from affiliates and members and, and participating in, in conversations throughout the organization is that sometimes they feel that their voices are not being heard. And that is really the most important thing. If we want to be truly an inclusive organization, that we are listening. So one of the things that I would like to see happen is that a group, and it would be a rotating type of process where two or three board members would attend a community event or some sort of an event each month where they can present to you some highlights as to what's happening at the leadership level. But more importantly, what can happen is that the membership is able to hear from all of you. You know, all, The members can talk to the board directly to bring up their concerns. And as part of this process, there needs to be a reporting back, meaning that we need to make sure that at the next meeting, that the information that was conveyed in the prior meeting is brought back to the membership either with action items or to make sure that it is heard or in some way making sure that, that there is bi-directional communication. We need to make sure that we've talked a lot about seniors, but we need to be talking about families. We have, great, we have a great ACB, thank you. We have a great ACB affiliate, uh, the ACB families group, but we need to be doing so much more. We need to be reaching out to parents of young children because those truly are the next generation in 30 or 40 years. And we need to do a lot more to make sure that we build up our membership in that way as Ten well. Second. I have a lot more to talk about, but those are just the few of the things that I would like to see happen. So we've talked a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion both last night and tonight. Um, mm -hmm. And we've also talked about the future of the organization, but we haven't talked much about allies. Um, <clears throat> about sighted folks, about families, about friends uh, of ours. And do you see a vision of bringing them into ACB and strengthening ACB through our already strong relationships in our lives? Wow, this is a great question. And, you know, we, we're already doing that, actually. Um, but we could be doing more. You know, this week was a monumental week where the president of the United States today signed a new uh, federal holiday, Juneteenth oh. Day. And uh, I was so proud to, to see that happen uh, because it, it, it represents, of course, you know, uh, uh, the abolishment of, of, of slavery, but it represents so much more. And I thought the president did a really great job of, of describing that today. So I think that we need to do more about inviting allies into the organization not only as contributors from a monetary level, but also uh, driving change within our organization. We do that on our, on our uh, advisory board, but we need to do that even more. And we need to make sure that friends and members of ACB are, are uh, telling us who else to invite as part of the organization and making sure that all voices are heard. Uh, because that's truly the way we're going to be able to achieve our three to five year plan as an organization. It's really critically important. Um, Sarah, I'm going to give you an opportunity, but I'm going to throw one more bonus at Jeff. You spoke Go about um, moving our servers over, changing our email list, um, ACB Radio becoming ACB Media Network. I, yeah. I don't think that the average member knows just how much you've done behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, I, and I don't think the two minutes uh, or two and a half minutes gave you enough time to really... So I want to give you another two minutes to, to make our members understand what all that work really did for the organization. 
Well, uh, and again, there is no IN team. I know right, you know I, you right. you were part of the team. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that's that, that's that's really critically important because uh, I think that I I could not do it. Uh, nor, nor, you know, it, it truly takes a team to be able to achieve these these end results. But, you know, one of the things that uh, first of all, the community has been an, an, an absolutely amazing uh, thing for this organization. And it's changing us in so many ways. And one of the things that that we now have a problem of is we have so much content that people can't find it. You know, yep. we talked about that earlier tonight, right? We, we, people said, well, like, I'm looking for a podcast and well, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. Well, we recognize that. And, and so the ACB Media Network is going to allow you to quickly um, go up and search for a specific podcast. So if you want something on the Victor Reader stream or Sunday edition or the interview, interview <laughs> you. that you did for uh, Jeff Bishop on your sun, Sunday show, uh, then you could find that if you want. Um, it, it's going to be very easily available. One, one of the other things that we're doing is making sure that all of our streams are available uh, there in a way that's very easy. And a, it's really a truly magical experience as opposed to becoming a tedious one to be able to listen to us both on the web, phone, and using all of your A devices as well to be able to achieve a, a great listening experience. And we've got some exciting things that are rolling out in that space very, very soon. In fact, in the next few days, you'll be hearing all about that. So some really, really great stuff. And uh, yeah, we could, we could do a whole show on this whole topic. <laughs> and there's a Sunday edition in the making for all that. Yeah. All right, Sarah, did you have a question for Jeff? Uh, no, I, I, I really don't. Every some things that I did have, he answered, <laughs> especially right. reaching out to the affiliates. And thank you, Mr. Bishop. You've got a lot of great ideas, a lot of great talking points. So you've got two more minutes to uh, convince us that you're the right man for the board. Thank you. You know, it it really is making sure that that uh, everyone's voices are heard. That's really the most critical thing that I can express here. Um, and, and I can promise you that uh, I will do whatever I can to make sure that everyone's voice is heard and that nothing is off the table because uh, that's how we innovate. That's how we learn. That's how we grow as an organization. We have some very ambitious plans uh, for the three to five year plan for ACB, and it's going to take each and every one of us to be able to achieve those things, not just leadership at the board level and at the officer level and all of that, but it's going to take each and every one of you to help in that, in that process. And we need you to help too, but we, you know, we need to help you too. So it's, it's a partnership. And if we all partner together, then we can absolutely achieve absolutely anything in this organization, get on the, get on the journey and uh, come for the ride. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but that is all of our candidates, right? That you are correct. That's all right. Everybody. Well, John, we're good. John Ross, we're going to put you back to work. So there should already be some hands up, I would imagine. But um, if you have some questions, please, again, try to make your questions as succinct as possible because we want to get as many as we can in tonight. But we have to be respectful of everybody's time. So yeah. who do we have first, John? Okay, let's raise those hands. Uh, Anthony, this is Sam. Yes. Um, how long do the candidates have? How long can they have to answer the questions? Um, I think we'll give them two minutes, but let's candidates, if you okay. can do it less, that would be great. <laughs> 
John, who do we have up first? No hands. No hands. Oh. Folks, we, we had tons of questions last night, folks. Where are you? Come on now. Um, you know what? I want to go back to um, our existing board members and, and ask you over the last couple of years, what you think your biggest successes were and where you think we still need what you still what you think as an organization as a board we still need to work on if you can put that into two minutes that'd be great and we'll go backwards jeff sure i, I think i don't i know it's really hard to say what my biz, biggest success is i think the acb media network is probably a, a really big one because it it's something that's going to be pivotal and long lasting um, for the organization, uh, where I think that we need we can uh, do better. I think that we can do better in defining process for a lot of the work that we do, and making sure that we're utilizing data and learning from data to be able to drive the innovation throughout our organization at all levels, and not to uh, be afraid of what data tells us about what we're doing. Because I think that if we were to look at data closely. Uh, you know, with a, with a kind heart as well, that I think in that combination, we'll, we'll really learn some really interesting things about ourselves. And if we don't do that, we won't learn and grow. But if we do it and we do it well and we do it with, you know, uh, with heart, um, we could really make some substantial change in this organization for, for the better. But mo what's most important is listening to each and every one of you to make sure that the work that we're doing is what you want and not what leadership wants. Well, sir, Microsoft didn't scoop you up for no reason. Uh, Donna, same question. Okay, so are you asking like what my biggest success was or, or the board or, or? Yours or the boards and, okay. and same thing on the, on the reverse. Yeah, real fast, uh, there are two hands that came up. All right, let's give Donna the chance and, and Doug, we'll come back to you after we do questions. Donna, go ahead. Okay, um, so personally, I, I I feel like one of my biggest successes was, you know, as as we had said on on the uh, board, we're on the, uh, various steering committees, and and uh, one of the it's not a steering committee, but I made it onto the some of the leadership training committee, uh, which is which I think is a, a very very important group of people for ACB, you know, trying to mentor uh, new leaders. Um, but I, I really felt like um, I really helped, or I'm hoping for the long haul, um, helped. Um, we set up a couple of programs for affiliates to um, keep their affiliates safe and, and have the, the filling, you know, the understanding of filling out the documentation to keep their affiliates legal. And because we've had some affiliates over the years who, you know, lost yeah. their 501c3 status and, you know, a few other things. Um, so I, I felt good about that. And I'm, I'm hoping, I, I think that's a, a something we, we repeat periodically, though I, I don't think it stops, you know, with a one-time thing. Um, and, uh, you know, not to <laughs> copy Jeff, but I, I think it's it's so important to listen to the members. And um, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, ready to listen to members and, and, and to do my best at giving them a, a response in a timely manner of some kind of action. Absolutely. I, our response time sometimes is not great. Uh, and that, that, I know. Yeah. That, 
All right, John Ross, tell me who that first hand is. Okay, the first hand up is uh, Beth. Hi, Beth. Okay, thank you very much. I'm really enjoying and benefiting greatly from this. <clears throat> thank you for doing this for us, um, BPI and GDUI. My questions are for Chris. What particular emphasis would you bring to the board? Do you have a particular thing that you would really like to shine with and, and, and bring out um, in board service? And for Jeff, same, same question. Would yours be more of a technology nature? Because that's, that's been your work with ACB and also with Microsoft. So thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thanks for your question. Um, yeah, so I think it's really important that uh, those of us with uh, gray and white hair. Uh, <laughs> I ask, object. Hey, <laughs> sorry. You, you, you resemble that now. Uh, <laughs> that, that those of us who have been around uh, a while reach out to people that uh, haven't uh, and uh, mentor and teach uh, and uh, reward uh, people to come along and pick up some of our ex experience and expertise so that ACB can continue to be an effective organization. My love is, is with regard to advocacy, but this uh, kind of uh, trading down on our learning would be true of any of our committee's membership. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we need to pass our knowledge down. We need to leave a legacy and we don't have a yeah. system for doing that. And that's yeah. what my passion is. Jeff, I'm going to tweak her question for a second, because we all know, you know, you are a tech guru. Um, what else? What yeah, else I is your passion? Yeah. What other, what else do you want to bring to the board? Sure. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I haven't worked in, in the IT field for over 30 years for uh, for nothing from a technology perspective, but that's not really what I want to talk about. Um, I, you know, there, there's so much more to do on the board. And one of the things that I think that we, that we need to do as an organization is make sure that the board represents everyone, first of all, make sure that there's great mentoring um, so that people who are are wanting to serve on the board are leadership ready. I think there's work that needs to be done in this area. Uh, and that starts at the committee level, making sure that that people who wish to serve can get on committees so they can learn leadership principles and be able to then uh, move up and, and serve uh, at the board level. And and then again, and I hate to be repetitive, but it, it's, it's really, really true. It, it's about making sure that we're listening and that, that we're listening all the time, not just once in a while, because sometimes I feel like we don't listen often enough. So putting in procedures and policies in place where we have an active level of participation every month where the board in some way, shape, or form is listening to the membership overall, taking feedback and acting on it, not just listening, but acting on it in a way that's meaningful, taking that data back to the board and actually acting on it to be able to affect change. Uh, and and then, there's the, then there's the need for growth. If we truly want growth in this organization and how do we do that? Well, we need to start thinking outside the box and, and, and yeah. reaching out to people that we have not talked to, at least not as much. And if we do all of those things, then we have a really great chance of achieving our three to five year plan.
but we have to do it all together. And it's going to take each and every one of us to make that happen. Connie, as the, as one of the other new faces, um, we know transportation and we know bringing, you know, the rural perspective to the board. Is there anything else that you want to, you know, that you passionately want to bring to the board? Me, I, I would like to bring just, um, I want to make sure that we have inclusion. I want to make sure that we include everyone that, you know, the health and wellness is huge. And we're just starting that campaign, getting up and going. And we want to make sure that that's accessible. We want to make sure that um, durable medical equipment is accessible. We want to help um, rural health care is bad, you know, so I want to make sure that we can reach out if it's, you know, communications and we all have skills and abilities. Um, I love to mentor my members and my board. And I believe that every one of us has something to offer. And um, we do. I I look at each person and I, I feel that we need to do that with ACB, that everyone's unique and we all have our skills and abilities. And I think that ACB just needs to keep communicating if it's, if it's by phone or written or um, shows, I, I think that we just get everyone involved as much as we can. So yeah. with my background, with the medical, um, with the health, I, I really hope that we can really get this campaign up and going and striving with um, the board. Point of privilege. Just think about, you know, there's so much talent in ACB and, you know, we rely on maybe 10% that are strident volunteers and God bless myself included. um, And God bless all of, all of our volunteers that are so Mm -hmm. active and doing, but if every single member of ACB took on a small piece of something, imagine how strong and powerful we'd be, but that's just my one little soapbox moment. I'm going to kick it back under the chair now. Uh, John, whose hand is next? Okay, our next hand is is Doug. Doug Powell? No, I I I, I raised my hand to to get elevated, uh, you know, before the call started, but I I haven't raised my hand frequently uh, recently. It's, All right, John. Uh, I'm the Doug that that raised the hand. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Okay. Introduce yourself and ask your question. All right. Well, my name is Doug from a uh, rural area. And this question is more so directed towards those that are running for board positions, uh, Connie and such. You can help rephrase it. But um, basically, part of being a good leader and, and a good human is being humble. So I would like to briefly hear from the candidates that they could give one example in their leadership uh, history where they maybe had a failure as a leader and what was the lesson that they learned from that? And I'd like to hear from as many of the uh, board candidates as you have time for. Thank you. All right, let's start with um, Jeff and go backwards. Uh, That's great. Um, Sarah, let's give them a minute and a half each. All right. A most humble moment. Um, 
You know, I, I, I think that the, the thing that, that I uh, have struggled with is um, oh man, this one's tough. <clears throat> um, I think I, I think this one has. I would go back to when I was raising my my kids. All um, right. I think I think that it humbled me greatly when uh, I learned that raising um, a son um, who had um, some uh, a disability um, proved to be extremely challenging um, due to the lack of support from the education system that we had. Uh, and it, and it challenged me in ways that I, that, that, that to this day, uh, I find very difficult. Um, and it took every part of my inner core to push for making sure that my sick, my son was able to have the success that he was able to achieve throughout his education. And, uh, it took lots of tears and lots of learning both about the system and about myself to make sure that I was doing the right things for him. And um, wow. it was, uh, it was a really, really hard thing. And I'm That's... still learning and I'm still learning about him every day. And I still struggle with that sometimes, but, it, but I love him to death. And, um, and, and I'm thankful that I, that I continue to have that opportunity to, continue to be humbled and express my love for him and to be able to appreciate my family. I think that's what I would say. I didn't see that coming, Jeff, but you know, that's, that's raw and vulnerable and honest. And thank you for sharing a piece of your person, you know, Donna. Um, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not belittling it at all. I, I, if you can hear it, I'm, I'm almost close to tears like you. Uh, thank you for that. Donna. Yes. Um, so um, mine, hap the, the first thing that came to my mind was um, as an affiliate president, um, you know, you're seeking people to serve on committees and to, to you know, be chairs of committees. And, you know, you, you don't have time, nor do you want to, nor should you do all the work. And anyway, so early on as a, a president, um, somebody said they would be a chair of, of said committee. It doesn't really matter what it was. And I guess I, I think I was just so okay. grateful that somebody stepped up to volunteer to be a chair of a committee. Well, um, <laughs> that committee basically did nothing. But what I learned from that, which is really, I think, what's important, what I learned from that was really to get to know my members, um, to get to know th their skills, to try to encourage people to step up with the skills that I felt they had to carry out, whatever the task would be. Uh, so anyway, it just really opened up my eyes, so to speak, to get to know my members better and, and their abilities and, and interests. So that's, that's a good lesson learned, Doug. I, um, I like to think that I'm a, a, a lifetime learner. And so 
And an old jock. <laughs> and an old jock. That's right. Um, there's there's always a, a new thing to, you know, there's always a new thing to learn. And, and uh, yes, I, I jump in with both feet. So um, I've been wrong. You know, I've been, I've been chastised. I've been uh, corrected. Um, and I, I like to think that, um, you know, certainly there's some, there's some grief attached to that one, you know, cause I feel strongly, I, you know, I seconds. believe strongly about what I, you know, and I think, try to think things through, uh, system systemically. Um, but once I get through the anger and the pain, um, then I, I feel like I'm stronger and, and, uh, can, can deal with, a similar situation even better the next time. Bruce? <clears throat> oh, white-haired Chris. <laughs> it, okay, at least sorry. he has hair, was... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a raging introvert. And... Uh, so the hardest thing for me to do is to pick up the telephone and, and talk to people. I love giving speeches, but talking to people one-on-one -on -one is really hard for me. And uh, I, I have not done that well as, as president of NCCB. It's not that I haven't done it at all, but that's a real weakness of mine. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing therapy. Uh, I'm still working on this stuff and uh, I probably will still be doing therapy when I'm 90, seconds. but uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. So, um, but this is Doug. So um, I know Doug. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's always hard. I mean, to have, um, you know, with my affiliates, it's, it's a small affiliate and trying to um, get my board or our members involved. And sometimes I feel like I'm a failure because I don't get them involved as much as I would like to. And they resist. 30 seconds. So, I um, I think that we all have to fail sometime in our life to become successful because failures become successes. If we don't fail in life, um, we don't become success. We don't learn from our mistakes. 10 seconds. So I, I think that just I have to keep learning. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a difficult question. So, yeah. I feel like I'm missing someone who didn't get an opportunity to answer the question. Going once, going twice. All right. Are any of our BOP um, ladies still on? Do you want to? Do you want to take a stab at that? Um, this is Penny. I'm still here. Um, I think that um, I tend to be well, someone. Penny, if who you've is... ever failed at anything, I'm going <laughs> to cry. <laughs> I, I, I have failed at lots of things. Like Jeff, I had uh, four children with learning disabilities. I finally went to school and got a master's degree so I could speak educational jar jargon when I went to IEP meetings. But 
I, uh, I usually took took the criticisms way too personally, and uh, I think that's that's one of the things I feel at as I I don't take criticism very well, and I and I always wish that I could have done better. Um, I wanted to say one more thing, though, um, not about this question, but some talk was was going on about the affiliate liaison program and the board. And Jeff Bishop was our affiliate liaison in GDY the first two years I was president. And I couldn't have survived without you, Jeff. And I wish that all the affiliates would take a lesson from um, all the board members would take a lesson from you if they continue that affiliate liaison program, because you came to every meeting, you were always available and I called you sometimes in the middle of the night and ask you questions. And I really appreciate it. So thank you. You know, one more thing about Jeff thank real you, quick, and, and I'm trying not to play favorites in any way, shape or form, but the, um, the, and Penny can attest to this, the public relations steering committee meets at a very early hour for us East coasters. So we oh my can't God. complain yeah. because we're there at eight and Jeff is there at 5 a.m. And he never misses a meeting. So just, you know, if that doesn't. No, 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 dedication. that's not true. I missed one. <laughs> one? Oh, yeah, only. Now, yeah. <laughs> Any um, cachet or Zelda? Are you guys still here? Yes, I am. And, yes, and this, is, yeah. this is Zelda. And I think my biggest failure is trying to do too much. Um, I, I think very globally and I, I have lots of ideas and, um, Oh girl, you and me both. <laughs> I have trouble paring them down to a manageable few. Um, that's, that's my hardest thing. And to, to have balance in my, my personal life, along with my duties that I, you know, in my volunteer life is, is a challenge for me to do, um, continue to work on that. And, um, Hopefully um, that that gets better. But I just I find so much to do that I want to um, do it all. If it's you ever say get no, the answer, please it? let me know. Gabriel is constantly telling me, please, no more ideas. How about a week? No more ideas for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Take say? all the ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I write them. I write them down in my Victor reader or in my phone so I can wait a week and then spring them. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Cache. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I will say um, one thing as a person who's very passionate about the things that I do, I think for me, um, especially in uh, giving back, giving back is something that I've always been passionate about, mentoring and working with people, period. And and because I, I have a problem saying no, uh, because I want to do everything. And um, I... I am always uh, so excited to be able to uh, work with the masses and I celebrate every, every person that comes along. But I, I always uh, feel even in that one person, because you, you try to reach everyone and you can't reach everyone. So my, my humbling experience is, is recognizing that as much as I want to be able to empower everyone, there's always going to be someone that you cannot reach. But it's, it's our job to plant the seed that someone else can grab a hold to them. Thank you. Nice. Doug, that was an amazing, amazing question. Thank you for asking it. John, do we have more hands? Yes. There How many do we have? Three. Um, all right. Perfect. So our, we'll get to all three. And our next hand is Terry Pacheco. 
Ah, the unofficial ECB historian herself. <laughs> I had a board member today that asked me if I needed if that needed to be approved by the board. <laughs> Heard it last night. <laughs> I'm gonna write the resolution. <laughs> All right, Terry, what do you got for us? Oh, goodness. Um, I actually have two. Um my first one is to all of you uh, candidates for the board of directors. Um, I think Jeff gave me a great segue in. My concern is that the board doesn't always hear enough from the membership. Amen. And so I'm wondering, I am wondering if what I am proposing is that how many of you would commit to when they hold the meetings after the convention of the resolutions, how many of you will commit to being on those calls to hear what the membership actually has to say on it before you actually are th this year and last is the only two times it's ever happened are actually the ones that are going to be voting on those resolutions. That's my first question. My second question is, um, I'd like to know, especially by the people who are running for re-election, your viewpoints on the code of conduct, particularly the area of it near the end, where the, code, the most recent one says that anyone who believes that they have experienced or have witnessed anything is must. The word is must. It used to be should. Now it says must report that it promptly to the executive director, the ACB president, or the convention chair. And I'd like to know why that could change to must, and if you feel that that's more appropriate than should. Thank you very much. Same order, Jeff. You start us off and we'll go backwards. Sure. I'll take the last one uh, first. Uh, this was something that we got counsel on uh, in reference to changes to the code of conduct. Uh, I know that uh, the staff consults with industry experts on these types of things, and this was brought to the board as a recommendation and to, to strengthen the code of conduct and to to ensure that uh, we're we're doing things in in, in a way that really uh, abides to industry standard and and really strengthens the policy. Um, I, I think it's really, I don't know for sure. I'm not an expert in this area, but you know, I think that the, the important thing here is to focus on critical things that might happen. Those things definitely need to be addressed. And as for resolutions, you betcha. And if someone wants to talk about those ahead of that, they know where to reach me. My information is on the uh, candidate page. All right. Give me a call. Give me a call. Well, uh, let me just, if I can just add, I've spoken with two human resource people about that section of the code of conduct, and they both felt that it couldn't even be um, defended. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I think, I'm bringing sure. it to the board shortly. Believe me. <laughs> no, that's fine. That, 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 that's great. And I think we were relying on on experts in this area. And I think it would be best to bring this up to the executive director, uh, uh, Eric, to be able to uh, talk to that specifically or Dan. Yeah. Donna? Okay. Donna was next, yeah. right? Yeah, Donna. Um, so um, 
oh, I guess there's not too much to add with that second question, um, other than, you know, like what Jeff had said, but that the people or the agency or entity that the um, council was, was sought for changing that word, that was what they recommended to strengthen the um, code of conduct. Um, I, again, I'm, I don't mean to copy off of Jeff, but I'm not, I'm not an expert in that area. I'm, I mean, I've had some training as a teacher, but that certainly doesn't make me an expert. The only thing we were taught was to, you know, report it right away. Uh, you know, if, if we knew of anything, if we suspected anything or witnessed anything or, you know, whatever. Um, so to answer the first question with the, the resolutions, uh, yes, I, I will make every effort to, to be at the meetings, <laughs> I guess, regardless of how late they go. <laughs> I think Terry wants to make sure that we have an actual open community call style meeting so that the membership can really weigh in on the resolutions from their perspective before the board votes on it. Uh, am I capturing that right, Terry? But I, th I thought that's what's supposed to happen. Is, is, am I right? I, I, yeah, um, no, but, to, but I think she's, what she's saying is, you know, do you encourage all of the board to be there? And yeah. will you specifically commit? Yeah. Yes. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was behind that? Chris? Sure. Um, uh, absolutely. I'd be uh, at a at the meeting to uh, hear from members and to discuss resolutions. I can't think of anything uh, more significant that the board might do. Um, I'm going to uh, put myself out on a limb and, and, and probably uh, earn Terry's ire. But uh, as an employment lawyer, um, it makes perfect sense to me that they change it from should to must. And the reason is that those policies are viewed uh, as a, a statement of conviction uh, against harassment and, and discrimination. And uh, I, I think in terms of arguing to a jury or to a, to a judge, you know, should really doesn't cut it. Should is not as strong as must. Now, how that affects somebody's perception as an individual of what they must do is a separate question. But but I I understand why they changed it, and I think it makes sense. And Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Before we go to um before we go to Doug, correct me if I'm wrong. But um it goes hand in hand with the statements within our core values. So. If, if we're committing to our core values, then must is the word that we would use as far as violation. Right. That's, that's, yes, that's, that's saying it better than I said it. All right. Uh, Doug. Uh, uh, well, I would, I, I would go with, uh, with what Chris was saying. That, that was my sense of it is that it's a declaration by this organization that we will not, put up with that kind of behavior and we will try in every way possible to make sure that our events uh, are safe and, uh, and welcoming. Um, on the second one, yes, I will be at those meetings because I, uh, I, re I really enjoy and appreciate uh, member input on, on the resolutions and would second. certainly want to make sure that they, obviously that the wording is, is what this organization wants to be known for. And so I will be there to, 
to hear what they have to say and, and put in my two cents if it's necessary. And Connie, I'll spare you. Do you want to just say you agree? I agree. All <laughs> right. John Ross, who is I, the next hand? I, I would. Oh, you have a follow up, Terry? Go ahead. I, I do. I do just a bit. And that is that I completely agree with what you're uh, what most all of you are saying. And I even completely I even agree with you, Chris, um, as far as from a professional perspective. But as far as from a membership organization to be essentially what we're saying is members, you have to be the code of conduct police and that we shouldn't be doing. I don't believe. And I don't think that. And, and that's what, it, you know, if you said that must up above the people must do these behave this way. But what you're doing is you're creating a consequence here that two people who may not um, feel who may not feel that this that this was a case of bullying or that kind of thing. And you're, you're putting people in a very, very awkward position. Terry, um, if I may, I thought on it. I'm gonna hang. I, I will let the time think, run out. <laughs> I, I think I read it slightly differently. I think it's a you must if if you're the one who is experiencing it. I I didn't. No, that's like, not what it says. No. That is not what it says. <clears throat> it says if you experience or witness, then you yes. must. Yes. Um, but I think I think it's see, it, th this is getting off into the weeds. I think it really yeah. is. It really yes. is. I think so. I think so. Right. I, I agree mm -hmm. too. John Ross, <clears throat> the next hand is okay. Our next hand is Patrick Sheehan. Ah, Pat, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. I had to get it in there somewhere tonight. Yeah, welcome, you did. welcome, welcome. <laughs> you have done a magnificent job of, of researching the candidates, and this has been terrific. You guys really put on quite a, uh, a good session, and I appreciate it. So I've got three questions. Uh, I've got one for Connie, one for Jeff, and one for Penny. Um, all right, let's go with Connie first. All right, let me go with Connie first. Connie, um, we invited you to the voting task force. A lot of new people. Uh, uh, you came on and did a bang up job with that group. Uh, what did you learn from working with the task force? How would that help you work with the board? Uh, you, you indicated also at one point that if you have, you know, you have a voice in ACB, you have a vote in ACB now. Talk about what that will do for ACB, what you learned. Uh, thanks, Matt. Question. Um, so yeah, it was an honor to be asked um, onto the task force. There was 18 of us, 13 um, ACB members, and we had a, a very diverse group. And I learned a lot. I mean, I... Um, I knew some of the things, but I didn't know a lot. So I, it was fun to learn the process, to learn about the constitution. Um, we had five meetings and we all respected each other so well that we got everything accomplished in seconds. five meetings. Um, so I think that's huge. And I think that really has shown me that we can all work together. For one vote, I think that 
knowing that we started this voting process and been able to show that all of us have a voice. Ten seconds. That we all, as members, we all have a say um, in ACB and being able to all vote is a huge thing. And that's part of what we're trying to accomplish is inclusion for all. Thank you. Your questions for Penny? Excellent. Um, Penny, yours is going to be a little eclectic, but you and I go back all the way back to Charlie Crawford and Paul Edwards. We learned a lot back from that group. Talk to me about what you learned back then and how it applies to where we are under Dan and the current regime. What, what are the things that have brought wow, Pat, maybe you should have done this candidate forum. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah. What, what, what I learned from Charlie Crawford was news notes. Charlie kept the members informed every week that he was executive director. It didn't matter if what was going on was a good thing or not. Um, he let people know and people really felt like they were included and what was happening in, in ACB because he was also always, always willing to listen. It didn't matter who you were, what your position was, where you came from, how long you had been blind. If you were a member of another organization, Charlie was there to listen. And those are the, the lessons that I learned from Charlie and the ones that I, I try to follow. Uh, with Paul, I think I learned so much from Paul about appreciation for where we've been and where we need to go. It was all about advocacy with Paul and he always believed that we could do what we needed to do. And that kind of positive attitude and that assumption that if you needed to do it, you were going to find a way to get it done. is something we all need to have because we still have problems as blind people in the world. And uh, a lot of it is in our attitude as to whether or not we're going to succeed or not. So I think those are the things I learned from both of them. I was very lucky to be mentored by two such wonderful people. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for your service. That's great. Thank you. Uh, And Jeff. Yes. uh, We've talked about process, you and I. We've talked about data. Talk to me about metrics and why that's important, particularly if we're doing grant writing and we show how, why are data slash metrics slash grant writing important? How do they add up? Sure, that, that's a great question. You know, it, it's, it's how we can measure ourselves and the measures, uh, the success of what we are doing as an organization. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's really a great story to tell. If you can go to a, you know, uh, a grant writer and say, I mean, that's how we got $40,000 for the community, right? Saying, yep. you know, we have, we have 99 events a week. Uh, we have, you know, X thousands of hours of, of total listener hours, you know, per week listening to the ACB media network, right? This is what we need to be using to drive what uh, we're doing as an organization internally as, where, as well as driving growth externally for grant writing and, and sponsorships and just telling our story. It's critically important. That's why data is so, so important and not only collecting it, but using it and learning from it. I, you know, I have to step in here. Um, I had six months as an intern and, you know, most of it was glorious. And one of the 
Bright Spots was working with Joe Lynn and Tony on um, grant writing, and and I was part of the team that got us that forty thousand um, dollars. And Cindy gave an impassioned and beautiful. Uh, those of you who listen to Cindy know that she can, uh, you know, she can turn a room out. Um, <laughs> but after she after she stopped speaking, they wanted to know numbers. How many people are on each call? You know, what, what's the reach? What, you know, what are you, what are, what's the data that goes along with these 90 calls a week? And, um, you know, they, luckily Tony and, and JoLynn are an amazing team together. They, they taught me so much and we could answer all those questions and we got that money. Um, but those numbers, you know, really count to, to make our organization go to that next level. You know, right. I just want to add one other, I just want to add one sure. other thing. You know, when I, when I work at Microsoft and we're working on a project, it doesn't matter how good of a story you have to tell. If you don't have data to back up that story, uh, it doesn't go very far. So yep. that's true in all aspects, right? And so this is why they data, collecting of the data, it, it's actually more important to have data to emphasize your story than act, the actual story. I mean, story is the human factor. Data represents how you how you can get it represented and get get money and get get it you know get the work done. It's really good. Well, I, I will say, Jeff, the the stories themselves though do really make an impact. You know, we spoke do. about winners and winners, and you but know, you, but they go hand in hand. They but, do go you know, hand in you hand. Can't, you can't have one without the other, to be honest. All right, John Ross. <laughs> I think so we should have two more hands. Good. Uh, yes. Uh, um, at this time, I don't see any other hands. All right. So then I will make an impassioned plea on behalf of Gabriel and BPI. Um, I hope that you felt enriched by our two candidates' forums. Please check out our page at www.blindlgbtpride.org. And consider becoming an allied member, an LGBTQ member, a sighted member. We don't care who you are. As long as you have an open mind and an open heart, we want you mm -hmm. as part of our membership. Um, Sarah, you want to take a moment and speak for Guide Dog users? Well, thank you very much. And, and this has been an excellent candidate forum. And I have learned so much about all of the candidates. And um, I... I just want to vote for everybody. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> as a guide dog a, a group, we encourage you don't have to be a guide dog user. You can just be interested in the guide dog world or be a, uh, someone who's interested in getting a guide dog, um, retired guide dog handler, puppy raiser. Um, and we, we welcome everyone. And um, we, work hard to uh, keep our uh, access rights um, available to all of the service dog guide dog handlers. And so please feel free to join us that you can go to www.gdui.org and that will take you to our page and read all about us. And we'd love to have you as a member. As representatives of two of the strongest, maybe not the actual two strongest, but two of the strongest affiliates of ACB, we really wanted to try to represent all of the states, all of the special interest affiliates. We wanted it to come from an affiliate perspective, our, our candidate forums. So we welcome all of your feedback. Um, if you have questions for any of the candidates, 
that you didn't get a chance to ask tonight or last night, you can reach us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org or Sarah. Uh, at uh, www.gdui.org. I'm sorry. President at guidedogusersinc.org. And we'll forward those questions along. Candidates, thank you so yes. much. You guys were open. You were honest. You were raw at times, vulnerable. We couldn't have asked for a better candidate for them both tonight and last night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs> Thank, thank you. you guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. thank you for having us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, thank you guys. It was a terrific forum those nights. Sarah, you are quite the timekeeper. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank you. It was good. That was great. It was Thanks, everybody. Because you were so cool. I'll, I'll share my app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were using an app? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Worked thank well. You. Thank good night, everybody. Good, good night, night, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, Penny dear. My name is Chris Bell, and I'm running for a seat on the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind. The reason I'm running is simple. I've been a member of ACB for over 40 years and have done a lot of advocacy work. And I want to make sure that the work that I have done and that others have done can continue after older members like myself are gone. And therefore, I have proposed that ACB create an academy to train younger members in the subject areas which are so critical for ACB to lead in the future. I ask for your vote. Thank you. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I live in Kirkland, Washington, with my wife, Carrie, and my son, David. We've done a lot in this organization, and our future is very bright. However, we have a number of significant challenges that we're going to need to undertake in this organization to achieve our three to five year strategic plan. Partnering together, we can greatly achieve success for everyone. I would appreciate your vote at this year's annual convention. Thank you. I am Donna Brown, and I am seeking a seat on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind. I want to work to bridge the gap between the ACB national leadership and our state and special interest affiliates. Working to create a mentoring program to develop new leaders is important to me, as well as creating programs to introduce ACB to blind and visually impaired youth. I hope I can count on your vote in July. Hello, my name is Ray Campbell, and I'm seeking the office of Second Vice President of the American Council of the Blind. Together, we have embraced and met the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, and I look forward to serving you over the next two years as we move forward together. Hello, my name is Denise Colley, and I'm seeking my second term for the Office of ACP Secretary. I currently serve as co-chair of the ACP Scholarship Committee, and I've also served as chair of the ACP Board of Publications and on the ACP Board of Directors. In these capacities, I've had the opportunity to oversee all the ways in which ACP communicates 
both internally and externally. I believe that the ways in which ACB communicates with our members plays a crucial part in what keeps this vital organization going. And I want to work to ensure those lines of communication are stronger and more transparent. I would appreciate your vote. Thank you. Hi, I'm Zelda Gebhardt, a dedicated, hardworking volunteer with low vision. Roles as editor, vice president, and president of NDAB, and as director and first vice president of CCLVI has prepared me for leadership in ACB. Please vote for me to remain on the BOP. Hello, ACB. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. After serving you for five years on the Board of Publications, I am now hoping to serve you as your first vice president. No matter who you vote for, I hope you vote. And we'll see you at the convention. Hi, ACB. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm running for a second term on the Board of Directors. I promise to continue to model leadership qualities, mentor leadership in others, and advocate effectively at the national, state, and local levels. I'd very much appreciate your vote. Hi, I'm Penny Reader, and I'm popping in to ask you to vote for me. I am running for my second term on the Board of Publications. I think we've made some good progress in making ACB communications excellent in so many different ways because communications with ACB and the general public as well are very important. Please vote for me for the Board of Publications. I'm looking forward to serving you again. Thank you. Hey, Mark Reichert here, First Vice President of ACB, so of course I'd love your vote this summer. But the most important thing is that you do it, because it's only when you vote that ACB wins. So come on, baby, vote. Come to convention. Vote. You can do it. Hello, I'm Kenneth Simeon Sr., immediate past president of ACB of Texas. I am seeking a position on the ACB Board of Directors this year. I care about ACB, our membership, and the future of ACB. If elected, I will be sure to work with other ACB leaders to ensure that we continue to move forward. I would really appreciate your vote. Always remember, together we win. Hi, I'm Connie Sims from South Dakota. I am president of the STAB Association. I am a J.P. Morgan Chase recipient in 2020. I am running for a board position. I believe that equity, diversity, and inclusion, that is really huge I have been on the voting task force. I am from a rural state. Everything that we do in the rural is totally different than the city or the metropolitan areas. I have low vision. We're a very diverse group. We use our tools differently. Hi, I'm Connie Sims. Hello, my name is Dan Spoon and I live in Orlando, Florida with my lovely wife, Leslie. And we have been honored to be the president of the American Council of the Blind for the last two years under really unprecedented circumstances. And we look forward to continuing the momentum and moving forward over the next two years. Thank you for your support. And I would look forward to your vote in the upcoming election. Together, we can continue to grow our ACB family. Thank you. Hello to my ACB family. This is David Trot Treasurer. I am asking your support for my re-election. Please put me on the team that's working for a brighter future for ACB. I look forward to meeting you all at the Candidates Forum. Friendly, fair, foraging. 
Everyone has a story to tell. It's the very reason why we rise each day ready to face the next day's challenge that comes. Whether advocating, striving to advance disability rights, or finding new ways to forge forward in the ever-growing communities that we live in. I am Cache Wells, and these are the reasons why I pursue a seat on the Board of Publications, where my passion and purpose is to engage, educate, and empower others to get involved with ACB.